Hello, it is Coach What's Up Chuck, Wednesday, November 24th, 2021. Big show, big show. Jonathan Taylor's here. What? Yeah. Robert Mathis is here in studio, fresh off the Hall of Fame announcement and Ring of Honor ceremony this weekend. Chuck Pagano's here. Ian Rappaport's here. AJ Hawk's here. The boys are here. You're here. We're off tomorrow, but I think today is a damn good one. We can't thank you enough for allowing us to penetrate your ear holes. If by the end of this thing you enjoy it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just act like it never, ever happened. All right, here we go. Incredibly excited to have a little, you know, turkey, ham, stuffing. Oh, yeah, yeah. No mashed potatoes. Whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. Definitely whoa. add the mac and cheese in what? there too, Judon. I don't know what you got cooking yeah. up there. Give me all the pies too. I don't know what Mac Jones is thinking about. Staying healthy. Maybe no bull. No but anyways, bull. we're all no pumped bull. for Thanksgiving tomorrow. Three football games on that we will talk about. I mean, the slate is. Dallas Raiders. Bill Saints without Kamara. Lions, Bears, Brandon. yes, hell yeah! I mean, there will be these. These are games. Oh, They'll yeah. be good games. It's Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. You watch football on Thanksgiving while you're hanging out with the people, drinking, smoking, football, turkey, what? sleeping, what? napping. What? What? Why is this what? team on TV every Thanksgiving? Oh, it's their only national game. Yeah. The Lions are still a team. Oh yeah. damn it! I can't wait for tomorrow. I'm excited for it. Uh, we have a. Gabagool Super Boost. Oh, <laughs> Gabagool. Yeah, yeah, for tomorrow, I feel very good about it. And although the last Super Boost lost because Savage did not catch that interception. Right. And we had hit beforehand, and we thought we were going to go on a heater. I would like to let everybody know that tomorrow is not just a day to say, I'm grateful for everything I have. Tomorrow is not just a day to look around and say, you know, it's better to be on this side of ground than the other side of ground. Tomorrow is a great day to eat yourself until you feel like you're, you know, a whale of a human. And then look in the mirror and say, it's great to be alive. I love the people I'm with. I love the things I'm doing. Yeah, they could be better, but hey, it's fucking life. The, the, the fairy tale land that is talked about, nobody has. This is reality, and I'm appreciative of it. In this day, we get to watch football, relax, eat, and kind of look back on everything we got going on before getting into and officially kicking off the holiday season. But I want to let you know tomorrow night in that Bill Sands game, we're going to give you a super boost. You're going to go, how the fuck did they pull that off? And it's because we knocked down the door of and said we need one, so we're all making money going into the holiday season as well. Uh, and we're super excited about it today we have a massive show oh yeah huge we'll be off tomorrow we'll be giving thanks yep how's your family always observing the holiday mm-hmm. how is your family mm-hmm. how's the gabagool how's the gabagool how's the gabagool i hope you all have a very gabagool thanks. you better you have too. gabagool at your what's that on your table who you me yeah I always got the yeah, gobble Every night. I always got the gobble But we will be off tomorrow. We'll be back on Friday. Uh, YouTube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. Noon to two. We'll be okay. doing a little. And then I got to travel off to North Carolina. But today's show, because normally I think uh, some of these folks will be on tomorrow, but we're not coming on today. Okay. okay. Listen to this. MVP of the NFL 2021 NFL season. Jonathan Taylor will be joining us in about oh, 20 minutes. Holy shit. <laughs> Indianapolis Colt. Okay. Uh huh. Five touchdowns this past weekend. Great oh, player. 
Atari, 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 do that. That's what he did. Whew. That's what he did against Buffalo. And all of them were almost in the first fucking quarter. He's yep. unbelievable out of Wisconsin. Also owns a Topper's Pizza. Wow. Really? He's a franchise. He's a businessman. Back in Wisconsin. He got accepted into Harvard. Big brain, love space, great at football. Mm-hmm. We'll talk to him about all of that. Ian Rappaport Ooh. will join us. Okay. He obviously is normally on the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends, us being the friends, on Thursdays to kick off Thursday Night Football. Football. It'll be happening today because we don't, once again, we don't have a show more. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, Robert Mathis will join us today. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, he's going in the Ring of Honor this weekend wow. for the Indianapolis Colts. It's a big deal. I was invited to the celebration. I was very thankful for that. Can't wait to say, hey, where'd you go, Bob? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? Huh? Very deserving of the honor. He retired a Colt, loved Indianapolis, is beloved in Indianapolis, going into the ring of honor. Can't wait to see how it all goes down. Taking on the Buccaneers. Okay. Taking on the Buccaneers. Not going to be easy. A lot of alumni going to be in the building, though. Oh, nice. That is nice. We might have a boost on Sunday as well. Okay. Ah. Uh, uh, Okay. Very nice. Gabagool. Anyways, Robert Mathis. And then uh, Chuck Pagano will join us. AJ Hawk, the boys. I can't wait to have an incredible one here. one 833 4 Go ahead and give us a call on the 5 Hour Energy phone line. And when you lead off, say, hey, I am thankful for, insert something, not our show. No. Yeah. Not, uh, not our show. And keep Good moving. Idea. Yeah. So, uh, hello, I'm thankful for, boom, my... My wife is awesome. Mm-hmm. Keep it moving. Boom. I'm thankful for, and then even if it's something negative, like I don't have to be around my dickhead fucking boss tomorrow for Thanksgiving, and then boom, boom. right into whatever you want to talk about. Whatever the case, lead off the calls with that, then we'll dive into what you want to talk about. At Tone Diggs is here, uh, co-host of Hammer Dime, which runs 15 minutes after this show ends at YouTube.com forward slash Hammer Dime. Tone Diggs. Tomorrow, three games. Yep. Ooh. I bet the COVID Cowboys, well, well, you're the COVID Cowboy, but the Hammer Dime Cowboys mm-hmm. are going to be uh, strapping a three-horse race tomorrow. You have to. Yeah. It's an uh, obligation by law. You have to bet all three games. Because right. uh, you don't want to be sitting around at the table and no. uh, not have any no. rooting interest at Come all. On. No. At least a pick. If you're not in a state where FanDuel is available, at least a pick. Like, uh, I'm here. And then go ahead and just see if you're incredibly intelligent for when mm-hmm. FanDuel comes to your state. Or, you know, just be like, I I, I, I don't know shit about fuck, which mm-hmm. is going to happen to mm-hmm. a lot of us, I That's think. Right. Go ahead, Tom. It's obligated that you pick every single game. Uh, probably should pick the total and the and side, honestly. Are you calling out Gump? Did you? Did you? No. Uh, whoa. It feels like that was like a hey. Whoa. It sounded like whoa. you were like hey whoa. Gump. That sounded like a little hammer down cowboy. Think community. I got these glasses and this chain from not picking games. Oh, oh, God. God. Tell you what though. He's got, he's got Jesus hanging from him. NCDC might get his first W. Hell yeah, oh, Tony. Tony. Okay, so this is a first loser of the day. It's a fantastic <laughs> lead in uh, because. The fire negative. By the way, Toxic Tables here at Boss mm-hmm. Connor at Tyshman. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Hey, good to see you guys. You Great. Doing? So you can't to wait to hear what comes out of your mouth today. Sure. Absolutely. I'm gonna miss what what comes out of your guys' mouth tomorrow. Yeah, me too. I'm gonna miss what's gonna come out of your mouth. my mouth. Yeah. I, you no, know, I appreciate what comes out of your guys' mouth. No, I appreciate what comes out of your mouth. No, no. In the spirit of the holiday, I'd like to let you know that I am very thankful and grateful that I get to hear the the things come out of your guys' mouth. <laughs> 
Probably right still hear what's coming out of your mouth tomorrow either way. Yeah, know? well, I'm going to hear you guys too probably. <laughs> uh-huh. But I'm just saying it won't be into a microphone, so it might right. be a little different. True. Anyways, what's be- not being said into microphones but being said everywhere else in Chicago is the fire Nagy. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, it's getting very loud. And allegedly yesterday he had a meeting with the ownership after already taking a press conference question where it was beautiful journalism. Uh, somebody has said... Basically. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So now it, you can place that on anybody. People on are Earth. saying. Somebody on Earth said uh, that you were informed that th- Thursday would be your last game as a head coach for the Chicago Bears. Uh, can you confirm or deny that? It's like, wow. Way to <laughs> phrase that question. Can't no comment that. Can't do anything. Has to give an answer. He said, I've never been talked to by anybody about my situation on Thanksgiving. Uh, then I, I wonder, Nagy had to have known at that point that, oh, everybody thinks I'm getting fired mm-hmm. this week. Like he had to, at that point, he already known going into that conversation. Handled it very well. He then had a meeting with ownership afterwards. Then he canceled a meeting with the players, yeah. but then he said everything was okay. So that is very, very interesting going into a Thanksgiving game against a team that has their hearts you know, scarred that, that lions team. There was tears at one point this season. That's right. There was tears because hope had anytime you have tears, that means at one point there was hope. Yes. Yes. And whenever that hope gets snatched out, that is whenever you feel so devastated that it moves your body to generate extra shit in your eyes to showcase to the world that you are distraught. That happened this season with the lions. This is not, everybody sees the lions and they're like, Oh, they they fucking stink. Mm -hmm. Oh, they, They've lost every game. Yeah. Oh, they might become the only franchise to ever. Sorry, they tied one. They might become the only. Fr- oh, the Steelers, what's going on here? But Ooh. listen, everything I'm saying here is not necessarily that <laughs> of how I feel about the team that they tied as yeah, well. Right. So, all good right. Football but tomorrow could be a day where we get MCDC with that goddamn turkey leg. Yeah. Oh. After the game Ooh. with the headset on him. Tell you what, man, I, as a kid, I dreamed of this. <laughs> just housing those turkey legs, demolishing a turkey just like old buddy did. Uh, I saw it on Good Morning or, or Football or on Get Up This Morning. Somebody just ate a f- entire turkey. Hmm. Just well, picked, up, picked it up. And- yeah, it was somebody that was in the sports world okay. that they were talking about. And David they, Baker? Nate, what's that? David what? Baker? Uh, Dave Baker, see, what you just did is what everybody on the get-up set did to Rob Ninkovich. They said, oh, this looks like Ninkovich eating. He goes, don't, excuse me, I use silverware, okay? (laughs) This person looked like an absolute savage out there, but maybe tomorrow is the day that the Lions get their first dub in the MCDC era, and maybe tomorrow the Chicago Bears send Nagy out of town officially with a a big old stinker with Andy Dalton. I'll pay for his movers. Oh, there you go. Yeah, okay. That's uh, happening. At this point, though, like, I, I I feel like it'd almost be detrimental to Dan Campbell if he just wins one one game. Like, they already got the tie. He needs to lose every no, game this no, year. No, no. Yeah. Other, otherwise, you know, what's going to happen? They're going to suck again next year, and they'll fire him. But if he goes, Completely. you know, 0-16-1 yeah. and 1 this year, they might be like, hey, you know what? This guy showed us something special. This was a <laughs> tough season. Yeah. Let's, let's make sure he stays around for four or five years. This guy... <laughs> In the first 17-game season, Mm -hmm. figured out a way how to go in 16 again. That's right. Boom. And that is, you know. Next level. That's chess. Mm -hmm. But that game stinks. Terrible. That that game absolutely. That game stinks. And then, then Dallas and the Raiders, okay, this could be awesome. This could be awesome. We have no idea how it's going to be. It's a seven and a half point spread. Who are who is Dallas? 
And who are the Raiders? We have no Dallas, a couple weeks ago, number one team in the NFL. Yeah. Then they lose some games. You go, what the hell happened? Dallas could blow the doors off of the Raiders tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Or the seesaw could continue mm -hmm. and the Raiders keep this thing tight and Basaccia. Exactly. How's their family? Exactly. How's the Gabagool? Uh -huh. On a holiday that is literally celebrating family, basically. Yep. The Paisan, I think, is probably going to have a pretty good go. That game could get interesting, I guess. Yeah, but if you don't think Big Mike brings out a 20-pound meat cleaver fucking smashes a turkey in front of all the boys tomorrow. Oh, um, yeah. Maybe a baseball bat. Oh. Yeah, you're right. He'll get them going, but let's not put past what Passage is doing. All. How's your yeah. family? How's your family? Hey, How's, your family? How's the Gabagool? How's the every hotel room? How's your family? How's the Gabagool? How's, that's something that, you know, you can't find. The Raiders have been through a lot. Yeah. Now they're away from their families on Thanksgiving. I got a chance to play in a Thanksgiving game, and uh, it was obviously an honor to play in the biggest turkey bowl mm -hmm. Of all time. It was against Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. My hometown team playing in Turkey Bowl. But all day, we played at night. All day, just sitting there, you know, everybody else is enjoying the shit out of their day. Damn. <laughs> and you're just in a hotel or whatever. And then uh, uh, Sam came down and hung out with me for a little bit. And then she was like, all right, I'm going to go back to, like, what everybody else is doing. Like, it is so much fun. I'm like, yeah, you got to do what you got to yeah. do. Yeah. You gotta do and then we go to the game. So it is a – there is obviously some – sacrifice in playing in the Thanksgiving game. But it is cool knowing that literally everybody on earth is watching, well, at least in America, because it is tradition. You literally turn on the games, and it doesn't matter how big, how good, how bad they are, you're going to watch football just because it feels like that is a common conversation for everybody that could potentially be at the gathering. Now, over the past few years, I, I think we could all agree that the conversations at some of these events aren't necessarily always as positive as no. sure. no, they're changing. Now, because this person's a much better person than this person. Mm -hmm. This person's saving the world in a much better way than this person's saving their That's world. Right. This person cares more about other humans than this person does. And this person's like, nah, 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 motherfucker. I care more about humans than you do. That's why I'm blah, 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 blah. And then bang, they have their team and their army and it becomes a big, big boom, boom. Mm -hmm. Football eliminates all that. It does. That's right. Hey, let's watch MCDC eat this whole turkey in this post-game victory yeah, speech. Well. That is what football does. That's why it's so amazing. That's why I think you'd never know what's going to happen because this is a much different situation than any other Sunday. This isn't a 1 o'clock game on a Sunday where a lot of these teams play. Mm -hmm. This is the only national champ. No, the Cowboys don't. Mm -hmm. And the Saints don't at all. But these games would be 1 o'clock games, I think. Yeah. These games would not be primetime games. We're getting a chance to watch them all live. And uh, who knows what the fuck's going to happen. And don't forget... The Ravens, because uh, they forgot that it took all of us, robbed us of the night game last year on Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. And we, got waff, and we got WAF. Uh, Wednesday afternoon football that took was place. Awesome. That was. Wednesday afternoon football was great. Yeah, it was incredible. They said the ratings were bad. Well, they, mm -hmm. I mean, not as bad as the Bears-Lions game. Those ratings are going to be really, really uh, bad. Thanksgiving, dude. Yeah, for sure, a lot of high school the Thanksgiving tradition. games. And then Bill Saints. Saints got no Kamara. They got maybe oh. no Mark Ingram. Uh, let, we, maybe mm. Kamara. Kamara's questionable. Maybe Mark Ingram. They're we'll both questionable. Him. They haven't practiced all week. And the Bills are coming out of an ass beating. So you would assume that the Bills yeah. are just going to boom. But once again, Thanksgiving Day, mm -hmm. you never know what's going to happen. Honoring Drew Brees at halftime day. Drew Brees is calling the game, yep. too. Yeah. So oh, it's... so he thinks he's better than Thanksgiving. No, it's... He's not better. No, he's giving bigger, thanks. Bigger, they're bigger, giving bigger, thanks. Bigger than thanks. No, they're giving thanks. Honor me. 
Yeah, it is one of those situations. Well, acknowledge me? Yeah. Yeah, but. Why? Well, he deserved it. I mean, the guy. I mean, if Drew Brees had a Paul Heyman. Seemed like a bit of a conflict of interest. Why is he calling the game? Good fucking question. Like, I, I have. I, I appreciate and enjoy Drew Brees on Football Night in America. Sure. Okay, I, I do like him on yeah. there. I think what he says is cool. I think the way he delivers it is, I feel like I'm learning. I The hair, everybody has to get over. Yeah, exactly. And get past. But I like Drew Brees on there. I enjoy him. Him calling a game in which he's probably going to get emotional. Very him. much so. I, like, I, I don't know if that's the most necessary. Probably because Al and Chris were stuck in Pittsburgh for a week last year over Thanksgiving and said, hey. Make fucking Tariko and Breeze go down there. See, I do like that we got Tariko calling again, yeah. though. Yeah. yeah. I like Tariko a lot on the call, but that, that just seems like they should maybe have somebody else in there. And Drew should maybe be like, hey, come do an interview yeah. like, in the booth. Yeah. You, there's a way they could have done it, I think, without him having to be. Because he's probably going to be nervous for what's going to. Not nervous. He's Drew Breeze. I get it. But I would imagine there's quite a few emotions you're feeling when like, your number's about to get retired and all that stuff. He retired last year. Like, 20 million people watching you, yeah, too. Oh, yeah. exactly. And you're yeah. breaking down a game and you're talking about an offense. There's no way he's going to be impartial, even how no matter how much he tries, like especially on that night. It just It's just weird it feels like a bit a weird decision but we'll watch hey we'll watch it we have to we're gonna watch it ratings are gonna be big uh before we get to jonathan taylor uh i would like to run through before we get to thanksgiving all the leaders in the nfl who and uh dirty mike gertie has created these incredible graphics that make us look like a very professional show Mm -hmm. that's right and before we get to thanksgiving and we enjoy all the gabagool the gabagool Let's look at who's at the top of the NFL. There is still seven more weeks of the regular season, and there's a lot that could go down. Number one passer in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, 3,200 pass yards, 25 TDs. He has the most yards, not the most amount of touchdowns. The most amount of touchdowns comes from Tom Brady. He has 29 of them, but he only threw for 3,177 yards. Mm. So here's a little bit of a difference. Then Derek Carr, 3,041. There we go. That's good for Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. Matthew Stafford, 3,014. And then Justin Herbert, friend of the show, 2,927 rounds up the top five passers in the NFL. Isn't it crazy that this dude right here sitting atop everybody in the pass yards department was being, and we were even a part of it, like, these guys just don't look like they're playing good football. Oh, yeah. Patrick Wells is forcing things. Patrick Wells doesn't look confident. He doesn't seem to be happy. His brother's dancing on logos and mm-hmm. kind of pissing mm-hmm. off the football gods. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is giving interviews where he looks distraught, and he's leading the fucking NFL in yards. Right? Yeah. And I, I don't think any of us realized that until Dirty put together a graphic three weeks ago where he was at number four or something like that. And it was like, why are we – we need to stop talking about the lack of production from the, the Chiefs offense because it might just be a big fugaze because we're comparing them to their greatest games in the past as opposed to what they potentially are, which is a team that flips the switch and wins and generates a lot of fucking yards in the past game, the most in the NFL. I think it just – but isn't it partially just like the eye test? You look at them over the last like yeah. four weeks or so and like i mean that cowboys game like that was a big win but they scored 16 points it's i know like he played like shit against the packers for the most part i mean Love's stats were better you know but it just i don't know like i feel like that doesn't tell the whole story but maybe they are back i mean they had that they look hold good. on hold on though ty listen are you going against stats 
I mean, you got going say. against analytics. Have well, to, he does well, have one more game than all those guys. That's well, true. Well, true. True. And we all know with these stats, they tend to skew towards the LA Rams because of who's oh, making them. So. Speaking of, let's go to the wide receiver leaders. We had Matthew Stafford on this. Oh, here uh, we go. Well, well, Top well, five well, receiving well, leaders. Well, yeah. This isn't just yards. Cooper Cup's already over 1,000. He's at 1141. I don't know how it is in comparison to chasing Calvin Johnson, who was able to do it in a 16 game season on a cursed team. Yep. Uh, uh, then Debo Samuel, who's been getting the ball in so many different ways. He's a fucking player. Him and Cordero Patterson. Uh, and Cordero, obviously, everybody has known through his time with the Vikings. And then he was at the... Uh, Bears. Bears. Patriots. Patriots. Bears. Patri- yeah. Patriots, then Bears. Yeah. And then now he's at the Falcons. He's being used for everything. Debo Samuel is used... Every part of that offense. Mm-hmm. Receiving yards, 994. Very yeah. impressive. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams, 979. Missed a game and didn't have Aaron thrown to him in one other game. Justin Jefferson at 944. Then Tyree Kill at 932. Cooper Cup also leads with touchdowns at 10 of them. Uh, Tyree Kill with eight. So once again, the thing about the Chiefs, I think we, <laughs> we have to stop. We, we, the, I, hey, listen. You think stats lie, dude? Come I on, Tom. Right, is this what you're saying, stats maybe lie, Maybe it's Tom? just because they played the Packers so recently and looked so bad in that game, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, it, it is. Yeah. Tyree Kill is still, and I believe Travis Kelsey is the, you know, has the most receptions for a tight end and most touchdowns, too. So Golly. So maybe, no, hey, no. Maybe, maybe we got caught up a little bit. Hey, maybe you know? we got a little I mean, excited. Me, too. I was in that, by the yeah, way. Yeah. I was 100%. Yeah, these guys stink. What happened? Well, for Mahomes, it's more so like the interceptions, the right? Over, like yeah. if you were to show us how many interceptions yeah, yeah, he's had, he's 10 or 8. Double. He's I at 11. 11, yeah. Second to uh, Ryan Tannehill yeah. through four this weekend. Hey, it was a it was a, a hurricane. Down yeah, there. tsunami. That shouldn't count. Tyrod Taylor was throwing four picks. Well, he's running all over the yard. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor still owes me twenty pushups. What do we got? Uh, what's the last one here? Uh, we have rushing leaders number one overall, Jonathan Taylor. Wow. Damn right. Then Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott. I believe Derrick Henry is still beating everybody but Jonathan Taylor right now. Yep. He had nine hundred and thirty-seven. I think nine hundred thirty-one. Thirty-seven. 937. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, though, has become the focal point of this inner Indianapolis Colts oh. offense. Oh, yeah. We talked about it, and we'll be joined by him here, I think, in about a minute or so. Hopefully, uh, he's coming out of a, a walkthrough. Uh, they, uh, it, which Thanks for joining us on a Wednesday yeah. after a walkthrough. Shout out to the Colts folks for making that happen. That's very, very nice of them. Whenever you're, you, know, you look at an offense and it's based through the run game, it's like, oh, this looks like it was 35 years ago how football was. But everybody talked about the game of football is so cyclical. So when everybody started spreading everything out and everybody started throwing all the time and rules were changing and blah, 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 everybody knew that defenses, smart offensive people were knowing the defenses were getting a little light. Okay, everybody mm-hmm. had to be super fast, super fast. Then you look at the Ravens. They got Lamar Jackson and they said, okay, we're going to go three tight end set. We're going to go big body and we're going to use all 11 guys in the run game. We're going to go power with Lamar and we're just going to do it. We're just going to go ahead and beat people up. Then the Patriots added that into their thing last year whenever they had Cam Newton, but the Colts are a run team. Mm -hmm. This is a run team with an offensive line that is built to move humans and a running back who seems to be incredible at everything. He's joining us right now. He probably doesn't love that I'm saying that right to his face, but he better get used to it. This dude might win the fucking MVP. Five touchdowns this past weekend against the Buffalo Bills. An absolute joy to watch live was introduced last 
in his second year. Ladies and gentlemen, reigning AFC Offensive Player of the Month, Indianapolis Colt running back, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah! What's going on, Pat? Hey, how'd you get into the Topper's Pizza brand? What's that all? I love, I love that you're a, you you bought into the franchise business. Yeah, so that actually came from my love of Topper's. I used to live right down the street from Topper's on Regent Street in Madison. So after coming out um, of the University of Wisconsin, speaking with my team, asking me things that I love, things that I enjoyed while I was in school, that was something that came up. And then being able to to get involved with that was huge. That's amazing and incredibly intelligent because that'll hopefully blossom into another business. And I think in franchises, you have to have like 10 of them to make actual money. I assume you'll be on your way depending upon how the business goes. But the story of you getting accepted into Harvard and then now you're already into a franchisee and you're dominating in the NFL. Is this exactly how you pictured life going, Jonathan? At what point did you picture this was potentially what the future looked like? Uh, well, you definitely always grow up wanting to be successful in whatever you do. Um, but the way things have unfolded, I mean, it's been something of my wildest dreams. And, you know, just extremely blessed to be able to, to take it day by day, not take anything for granted. Um, because, as you know, in this sport, anything uh, can be taken away from you at any point in time. A story came out that Jim Irsay called Chris Ballard or told Chris Ballard while the draft was happening. They were sitting at 44 or something like that, and they moved up to 41 to get you. Jim Irsay told Chris Ballard, he said, Don't, didn't you love Jonathan Taylor more than anybody that you've ever scouted? Go and get him. So they trade up, they make a play to get you, and then there's a story about him coming and visiting you in Wisconsin. Is there any truth to that, and what is your relationship like with Chris, and did you two just hit it off immediately? I was going to say, it probably might be our Wisconsin connection, um, but you can see that reflection in the locker room. I mean, everyone in this locker room, it seems like I never left school. We have a bunch of hard workers, no matter what their status is as far as popularity in the NFL. No one is too big for the team here. So I feel like I've never left school, and that's just a testament to Chris, Coach Wright, being able to create that locker room atmosphere. But um, definitely the Wisconsin connection was there from the start. What you guys say? You like cheese? I like cheese. <laughs> you like milk? I like milk. You like toppers? Let's fucking go and do it. Is that is that is it like that whenever you're a Jonathan Taylor? Because I obviously wasn't. But coming into the NFL, I assume everybody was trying to talk to you and recruit you and learn about you. How did you have any like real conversations with anybody? Was it because you just sensed that Chris was a, a genuine dude? I, I definitely think that's what it was. It was just me sensing, and everyone has that sense. Everyone can pretty much tell when someone is really genuine, when someone wants to know about them, their background, their family, and things that they enjoy, things that make them tick, and that's something that Chris did from the start. Let's talk about that offensive line because coming into the season, um, I don't think anybody knew that you were going to be what you were because last year you were sharing carries, but the defense – was unbelievable. The offensive line, everybody's talking about with Carson Wentz. Like, hey, Carson Wentz was playing behind a rugby player who, who has been good at football now. By yeah, way. got an extension. He's got an extension. He's very good at football. Mm-hmm. But, but he was playing behind a line where he was just dying. He was dying. Now, after watching him play, I assume he threw himself into some car crashes as well with Philadelphia. But you don't – yeah, you can't even smile about that, all right? <laughs> I can. Um, but the offensive line was something – that was huge. And when Carson comes in here, we think everything's going to change. I don't think anybody thought, okay, this is going to become a run-first offense. That offensive line is moving people. And obviously, with you in the backfield, I assume they're going to say it's a lot easier. But what do you think about the growth of this particular year's offensive line that you have seen from running behind them all year? 
It's been amazing, but one thing I think people don't talk about a lot is how smart the offensive line is. Um, it's one thing to be able to physically dominate a guy and move him out the way, and of course our offensive line does that very, very well. But the reason why they're able to do that, part of that is how smart they are. They're able to see the way the rotation is on the back end. They're able to pick up on little keys that the defensive line is given on whether you know they're slammed one way or the other. So that's why they're being really, really effective besides their physical dominance. That's unbelievable to think about because they all have to be on the same page. And we were in a super pass-heavy NFL. Super pass-heavy NFL. The rules were changing. Uh, we were just talking about it. It seemed like defenders were getting lighter because they had to be faster. They had to cover things back and forth. Has the transition into playing against NFL defenders been more or less uh, physical than you thought it was going to be? Uh, it's kind of right on, right on par. Actually, I probably thought it'd probably be a little more. You think about the NFL before you get here, and you think about uh, it's just a bunch of grown, crazy guys that are just crashing into each other play after play. And then once you get here, you realize how really in detail and how technical things truly, truly are. It's not just about physical talent. So you have guys who are flying, moving around at high speeds, but doing it intelligently in a methodical kind of way. What have you? Uh, what do you think you've grown in the most? Is it the brain aspect, the timing aspect? Is the game slowing down? What do you think is the biggest growth that you've seen uh, through the through the last year and a half? It's definitely the mental aspect. I mean, coming in last year with the the kind of year we had, learning a new system virtually, being a rookie, then putting everything together with bullets flying, playbook changing week to week due to game plan, finally being able to settle in and really just focus on how to play the game at a high level rather than focusing on how to play the game at a high level and what is my assignment on each and every single play. Oh, less thinky, more athlete takeover. <laughs> That's right. Less That's thinky, right. more athlete takeover. That's how uh, the coach for the Eagles described that situation about learning in offense and how real it is. How about learning your teammate? Carson Wentz, I, I assume he is vastly different than Phil Rivers or are pretty similar, you think? And what have you learned from him or picked up from him? No, they have a very different um, different styles. Uh, you can see yeah. a lot of times he gets into some situations. Most quarterbacks are taking a sack, but he finds a way to get out of it. He's running downfield for the first down or he's trying to complete the pass. Um, but you could just tell that dynamic that he brings. It's that he's able to extend plays, and then it's on the rest of the offense to be able to get in the proper position in order to, to help him out in order to execute. So the game ball was given to Frank afterwards. I saw you and T.Y. T.Y. gave the speech. You were right in the middle of that whole thing, going back to Buffalo, getting the win in the way that they did. And you gave credit to Chris and Frank for building the culture and the environment. But what is Frank like? Because we're watching Hard Knocks right now. You guys obviously start very slow, very slow, for whatever reason. You didn't have a lot of time together during the training camp. Everybody's foot was getting broken. I mean, it was just all hell broke loose. It seemed like Frank never wavered in the Hard Knocks episode. And now I don't know how much they're showing or not not showing did he acknowledge that you guys have dug yourself into a little bit of a hole here but he never seemed to waver confidence did any of you in there or did you guys know that it was right around the corner no we never wavered in confidence um we acknowledged our situation though like like you mentioned we had to climb our way out of a hole um but it's always been a one and no mentality no matter you know if we were negative or whether we were positive it was always a one and no mentality and now that we've been able to climb at that hole, continuing to keep that one and no mentality in order to build in the positive. But Coach Reich has been that steady rock of not getting too high, not getting too low, being able to to change week to week on game plan and be able to focus up no matter what the previous outcome of the previous game was. Are you watching Man in the Arena? 
I have, haven't watched Man in the Arena. Oh, so it's Tom Brady's. It's like a last dance thing. They're doing it on ESPN Plus. They're two episodes in right now, and getting a chance to li- last night's episode or yesterday's episode was basically Tom talking about Bill Belichick. I mean, that was my big takeaway about how much Bill had affected his life and watched film and helped him do that. I know Frank was a quarterback, and he's he's doing that. Do you and him ever have moments? I assume Frank is incredibly happy and proud for you. It definitely is, and we definitely have our moments. And and he's kind of that guy where you know that you can lean to him, you can talk to him about anything, whether it's on the field or off the field. He'll give you his perspective. He'll actually point you in a direction if it's an area that he hasn't experienced firsthand, but he knows that someone has in the building, direct you to that person so that you're able to get either the help or the answers to the questions that you have. And do you know, like, when you scored your first touchdown, you're like, ah, oh, fucking four more are coming. Did you, like, do you know that? Did, did, is there something on a day where you're having, like, a great day where you're either seeing things better, maybe the lines uh, having a better day or whatever, the weather? Is there anything to, or is it just every play has to be the same? Every play has to be the same. You, you have to focus on your alignment, assignment, technique on each and every single play because all it takes is one guy, one guy not being on the same page for the entire play to fail. Yeah, I mean, but after your third <laughs> touchdown, you're like, all right, I'm probably going to get two more tonight. Is, is yeah. there, do you ever have any goals like that or thoughts like that? Five touchdowns in an NFL game, especially against the Bills, that is a massive feat. They're going to talk about that forever, JT. Yeah, my, my one goal is always looking at the scoreboard and seeing how can we score one more point than the opponent. And that's, that's the thing that matters at the end of the day is being able to have that clock hit zero and you have at least one more point than your opponent. So is it, so you've always been like just the greatest teammate of all time, the smartest teammate of all time, and incredibly productive. How'd you fall to 41 or whatever? Yeah. What? How did that happen, JT? What do you think it was? Do you think they thought Big Ten people were too slow? I don't think it was that. I mean, usually, especially like you mentioned earlier, it's kind of trending towards a pass-happy league and the value with, with running backs and people try to look down upon us when we do a lot of great things. There are other positions that do a lot of great things as well, uh, tough jobs as well. Um, but just being able to be versed, you have to be a very tough player to play the running back position. And that's one thing that I always tell younger guys is if you want to play this position, first and foremost, you just got to have toughness. How? Yeah, you're getting hit basically every play a you're lot. in. How's the blocking going? You, you feel like you're getting better at that or have you always been good? Uh, always, always improving. I mean, especially at this level, you have elite pass rushers. So you you have to continue to get better and work on that crap each and every single day because you're never just going to face a, a regular average Joe in this league um, pass blocking. Anybody make you look uh, very dumb? Anybody ever? Anybody get you at practice or games that you thought to yourself, oh, okay, can't have that be happening. <laughs> that can't become the new norm. Definitely during training camp, uh, going up with Darius Leonard. Um, he's very, very efficient with, with using his length. And, not, you know, not really realizing that my first go around, being able to, to get uh, embarrassed a little bit by him in training camp. But hey, he's definitely been making me better. And let's talk about Darius, DeForest, Buckner, Kenny. I mean, that defense is fantastic. Every single day you guys are going. What is the atmosphere in practice? Is it very competitive out there? It, that is very imp- competitive, but... That's part of the reason why we're able to be so efficient with taking care of the ball during games because, I mean, we have the best defense in the NFL to be able to create turnovers. So being able to go against those guys every day in practice, you know, it makes the game a heck of a lot easier in order to take care of the ball. Uh, the boys have a couple questions for you, and I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask this before they got to that. Um, when Jim Irsay comes down in a $10,000 suit, okay, <laughs> and he's in the middle of that locker room, and he <laughs> – he starts. 
I mean, this is the most electrifying thing I've ever seen. Ever. In a locker room by an owner. Has he been around a lot? What are your experiences with Jim Irsay? And I... I love that the world is getting to experience Jim Mercer a little bit more. I'm a massive fan of that man. He's been around a ton uh, and actually speaking to a lot of the vets. Um, he's been around for a long time. He's always been around. Everyone's yeah. been able to see his face, speak to him, interact with him. Um, he was never kind of a distant person where you've never seen him at all in the building. So just actually being able to be a part of that is becoming really special because I, I just hear from a lot of vets, you don't get that at a lot of other places. Yeah, and but there was a couple years before I got there where I guess he wasn't coming around as much, and everybody knows, documented that Jim has battled, but he is the most Honestly, I think he might be the most empathetic billionaire that has ever existed. Uh, like, uh, he is so fucking cool. I, I'm happy to see him on Hard They need to give him an entire episode. How is Hard Knocks? You hate it? You like it? You don't mind it? Is it annoying? The cameras are usually just posted around, so you never really notice them unless you're actually being followed for something specific where you know they're there. But otherwise, you just go about your day around the building. They got to be following you, though. Dude, you're going to be fucking MVP, and they got a hard knocks in yeah. there. I mean, they're going to – a lot of this is going to be in documentaries and stuff later, John. Hey, listen, you just keep acting like it's not not a thing, but this is a fucking massive mm -hmm. moment, and I'm so incredibly pumped for you. Go ahead, Ty. Jonathan, you're obviously an incredibly humble dude, but when you're on a run like you've been on – I mean, Pat just mentioned it. You know, everyone's talking about you being an MVP candidate like – what are your expectations going into a game? Do you just think, hey, if I do what I got to do and, and my guys do what they got to do, I'm going to be successful and no one can stop me? Or, like, what are you realistic? Like, what are your expectations when you're going into each one of these games and you've been as successful as you have been? Going into each game, my expectations is really how can I be perfect on every play? Because I trust that every man next to me, all 10 other guys on that field are going to be perfect on their play. And like I mentioned earlier, it only takes one guy to not be on the same page for a play to fail. So just making sure that I'm doing my part so that my teammates don't have to, to worry about me and know that they can trust me on every single down. What do you what do you need to work on on the field? Nothing. It looks like it. I mean, I went and watched you live. I went and watched you live against the Jets. It was, I was on the, Robert Mathis let us sit in his suite or whatever. Wow. We were on, he's going in the ring of honor this week. Hey, congrats, Bob. Yeah, yeah, congrats, Bob. But I was sitting down there watching you live, and you scored two tuds in that game, I think, as well. You were introduced last, too. That's a huge, huge ordeal. Who told you about that? Who, who decided that, and what was your reaction whenever that was decided? I don't know who decided it, but I was just told before we went out that, I was going to be, you know, last. So just preparing to get into my spot and make sure that I went out with my name. <laughs> hey, that's a huge ordeal, though. That's a big deal. As somebody, I mean, I pay attention. I, I pay attention to too much shit normally. But sitting there watching and then you get introduced last and the place went absurd. And then watching you work with how physical you were, quick you were. What can you continue to get better at, you think? Just mentally or physically anything? Of course, mentally, but definitely with, with consistency. We all know this is a week-to-week -week league, so you're only good as your last snap. So you got to make sure that every single week you go out there and show that you're able to improve um, on every single thing that you need to work on each and every single week because nothing's given. Everything is earned. Man, I'm so happy you're a Colt. Uh, good luck with the rest of your day. Thank you for taking time uh, to stop and chat with us. We are. Uh, we don't have a vote. We never will. No. no. I would never have an MVP vote, but I'm sending <laughs> it towards yours now and forever because what you're doing for the team is amazing. Uh, you're changing the game, brother. I hope you uh, get a chance to enjoy it someday. Ladies and gentlemen, running back for the Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah! Yeah! Thank you, Derek.
Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Huh. Last a long time. Banging it, banging it, banging it. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom. That's right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. David Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. Ooh. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Cool. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Hey, I'm thankful to be here on this day before Thanksgiving, and the Gobblegool is running so incredibly strong that we need to add in a human to make this show even better somehow. Ooh. Okay. This guy comes to us from an attic in a 75,000 square foot mansion in Ohio every single day that he's not at a black tie affair. That's right. Okay. College football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion. Damn. Coach of the Clemson Tigers, the basketball team, and some other team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neighbor of the year, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hall. Yeah! Yeah! What's up, dude? What's up, fellas? How you doing? I thought you were becoming Steve Jobs. To be honest with you, you were starting to wear the black long sleeve every single day. I did not expect the uh, white or the cream, whatever you got today, to be honest with you. You look fantastic, pal. Yeah, I think this is like a cream. It's cold, man. I got to wear a sweatshirt. I might have to wear like a onesie at all, all times. Right. I'm freezing. <laughs> You're already bitching, dude. Hey, listen, Jesus. I had a... I'm not bitching. I'm saying I don't handle the cold like I used to. <laughs> well, I mean, we're two... We're a minute, yeah. uh, we're a minute <laughs> into this. Be Thanksgiving. Be thankful one time, AJ. It's the week of giving, dude. I held myself back. All right, continue. I'm getting so mature. I almost hey, incredible oh, restraint. Nice. Yeah. I'm grateful yeah. for that. Real nice real job, dude. Real grateful for Proud it. Proud of you, man. Get too comfortable out here. <laughs> yeah, there are people watching. Yeah, there are people watching and listening. Although you can forget sometimes when you're locked in an attic or just in a studio. Go home, mm-hmm. studio. Go home. There are other people out there, and we are incredibly grateful for all. Happy Thanksgiving, Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Actually, now that AJ's gotten on here and we just announced the winners for this is how Aaron hurt his toe during a commercial break. If you were one of those five winners that the boys picked, congratulations. Now it's time to add another giveaway on. 
Oh. Hashtag happy Thanksgiving from PMS. Um, would like you to guess the temperature to the 10th degree oh, in this studio right go. now. Good luck. Okay, to the 10th degree in here. Uh, we'll give away uh, $15,000 to say that. Wow. So right. we'll Can you show the boys? Can you show the boys in studio? I need to see what they're wearing. Oh. Okay. Show tone. Okay, not what I thought. Oh, look at this guy. Who are oh, you? Oh, yeah. That guy's got the gobble ghoul. That guy. <laughs> Temperature back there is much different. Yes. Ha hashtag, yeah, that room is much different than out here. It is in this studio. There is a thing right back there. We're uh, talking Celsius? Oh, uh, no, we are not. We are in America. No. Okay, we are right. in America. This is America. It would be negative Celsius right now, right? Wouldn't it be? Uh, Outside, definitely negative Celsius. No, not in here. Yeah, not in here. I'm just talking about yeah, outside. Yeah. Definitely oh. negative Celsius. It's cold as shit this outside, morning. Oh, yeah. 7 a.m., minus 5 degrees Celsius, my friend. Oh, my God. Hey, when did this happen? Just like overnight. It didn't. It, this seems to have hit us very quick. Yeah, last very couple abruptly. Weeks. Yeah. yeah, this weekend. It's good. It feels like the holiday season. It feels like it, it is upon us. It does. It feels like football season. Oh, yeah. I mean, it feels like here we are right in the middle of it. The holiday season is upon us. You can start watching The Grinch and the Santa Claus Ooh. and things like that yep. starting tomorrow and then going into Friday with a lot of Christmas decorations already up. Do you? Hey, I used to be a, what, Thanksgiving have its day type of guy. But, hey, if you if it takes a couple weeks, put those up and you, you know you're only going to have them up for a couple weeks anyways. And it's a lot more work than the actual, you know, the juice doesn't really match to squeeze most times. Yeah. Go ahead and put it up. Let's have a time. Hey, let's have a series. <laughs> what do you got uh, planned for tomorrow? You and the whole family and then all the uh, going down to the chop house or uh, what do you got going on? I don't know if the chop house is open on Thanksgiving. I'll have to check it. I'll have to go what? get on my Yelp app and see uh, oh, if you're doing the finger guns on Thanksgiving tonight. Day. I doubt they will be oh, open, yeah. but now we're having uh, hosting some of my family here. It'll be fun. Nice. Now, do you cook? Will you fry the turkey? Will you blow that thing up or what will you do? I normally never do uh, any of that, but uh, my <laughs> wife does a lot of it and, and works a ton. And people bring some stuff, but this year I'm smoking a turkey. I told you, man, yes. I got that Traeger. It's going to be really my first foray into that. I, I spatchcocked this turkey this oh, morning, put it in luck. some brine. Oh, I got a whole situation wow. happening over there. Hey, anytime you spatchcock a turkey and then yep. you prep like for this days in advance, especially with the Traeger, and that's why I asked you the question, by the way. I did remember that you got a Traeger over there. I was hoping you were going to put it to use. I bet the spatchcock of the turkey is going to taste delicious tomorrow for all the family. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's my first real try at the Traeger anyway. So oh, I think everybody's oh, on the it for good. It's, it's easy. Is Spatchcock, you just snap its back in half, right? Jeez. Yeah, you, you cut the backbone out and okay, then you knock it down like, kind of flat. Dude, oh, make God. sure you have a backup turkey. Yeah. This sounds brutal. No, you, anytime you spatchcock something, you gotta, you got maybe you might get destroyed in there, especially with the the the, uh, the gizzards, the gizzards in yeah. there. His you know hands I mean? though, trying to. No, no, Traeger does everything. He okay. doesn't have to do anything. He literally just has to pick up that flattened turkey he yeah. does. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then just drop it into the thing, and then it'll smoke it the whole time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's different. Happy gobble. Yeah. Happy gobble. Cool. That's exactly what it looks like when I pick up the turkey. There's an app on your phone. It tells you when you're done, right? Yeah, it's now. easy. Traeger yeah, is yeah. the easiest thing yeah. of all time. They, anybody that can create a company that can make an old school thing incredibly convenient and easy to do is going to make a lot of money. For instance, Amazon. Yeah. Amazon did oh, that. Yeah. Traeger did that. Basically, everybody that is making a lot of money in the tech world is taking an old school thing and making it much more efficient and easy. Traeger does that. I assume there's multiple people trying to do what Traeger does. I'm not sure. There's others. Yeah, there's got to be other knockoff brands or other. I'm sure they're all good. Like yeah, all of them. But yeah, they they make oh, the it big easy green egg. Big green egg. Uh -huh. Yeah. Big green egg. Coleman. That's not as easy. Big green egg. You have to like do it all yourself. Dude, they 
I got gifted one for uh, doing a uh, a thing, you know, like takes hey. you two hours to light that thing, probably. <laughs> Who has the time? AQ AQ loves cooking and all that stuff. He's like, you got big green egg here. He showed up in my house. You got big green egg here. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, how, how awesome is that? I was like, I tried to use it like three times. It never successfully had a meal. <laughs> Not one time. Ended up ordered pizza. Yeah, and he was like, can I take it? I'm like, yeah, you can have it or whatever. It is so heavy. It's like 7,000 pounds. That big, it's not that heavy, obviously, but it is very Can't fucking Can't move heavy. it. It is hard. Yeah, AQ almost blew his back out trying to get that thing over to his house. It was insane. I'm happy to hear that you'll be contributing, though. Uh, to the meal. I will not. Nobody lets me do anything when it comes to the cooking stuff. And uh, that's probably for the better, AJ. That's probably for the better. I don't know. Yeah, I think you'd be all right. You may get distracted, I think, and you know, forget that you're doing anything. But uh, the gabagool. You're right. Yeah. I, I got the gabagool. Yeah. Yeah. Preparing the gabagool. I've seen Sam makes the gabagool for all kinds of events. I bet Thanksgiving she really goes over there. Sam's incredible at cooking. She is like an act. She's incredible what she does. Tomorrow should be a big day, but I already seen the stovetop in there, so I'm like, okay, it's going to be a good day. <laughs> uh, we got stovetop stuffing. Let's go ahead and get after you it. You only going to do gabagool? You're going to have some super sot, some brigitte? No, no, none of the brigitte or no mac to that. None of that. I'm just going to have the gabagool. Oh, you're not worth an answer. What, what the hell is that about? Maybe What's break. he doing? He Making gobble ghoul? Have you? Nope. He's not. Okay. Rapport's not slicing gobble ghoul. Okay. Right? He's not doing anything. But the uh, have you looked ahead to tomorrow's games yet, AJ? Yeah, a little bit. I'm curious as to with. Uh, well, I'm, I'm excited hold for, on, for the on. Red Rocket to get it start. I hold think on, that's going to be fun. Here. Ian just FaceTime me on my oh, phone. No. What is this guy doing? Was he Go, supposed to come? Don't tell him. Yeah, he's supposed to be on like 35 seconds. Julio Jones. Hey. What are you doing? It's my phone. No, it's not. Oh, is that right? Yeah, you're on my phone. <laughs> no, I'm not on your phone. I'm well, on your TV. About Klein. Well, you're on right your there. T- you see me? <laughs> yeah, there I am, right there. Will you call the thing? The, why are you calling my phone? Is it- I didn't. I called the number back. Call me back. Let's hang up and call me what is this? I didn't hang Damn up because you, you told me. <laughs> nope. Hung up because it's better for the show. Tomorrow's a big day, though. B- big day tomorrow of games. Lions, Bears. Lions might get their first win. Yeah. Is Jared Goff playing? Andy Dalton's playing? How about the Raiders in the Cowboys? What's going to happen there? And then all of a sudden, Saints-Bills is the main event. Is Kamara playing or not? Joining us now for his weekly wrap-up with He Rap Sheet and us friends. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Yeah. Is this your first time? What what happened? What 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 were you? And I'm live, Ian. Call the thing you always call. That the same number came up. I must have put it in two numbers. Pat McAfee, both contacts. So that's what must have, must have been a little mixed. Oh, up. I no, I understand. I understand when your Rolodex is as deep as it is, you don't have enough room for Pat McAfee and then like PMS, which is what the show would be calling from. I, I'm just True. thankful to be in your phone book. I'm thankful that you join us right here one day before Happy Gobblegool Thanksgiving. Before we get started, Ian, uh, in the spirit of the holiday, what is uh, one thing you're thankful for, Ian? Excited to hear it. Um. What am I thankful for? Oh, this guy's stupid. Yeah, you shit. Come on. This guy stinks. I, I don't know. I'm thankful for everything. I'm, I'm a generally a thankful person. I'm thankful for my lovely family. There we go. Uh, two kids with great hair. I no, just want that. Um, thankful for my wife, who is awesome and lets me play golf every once in a while. Oh, hell yeah. Um, That's awesome. I'm thankful for you guys for having me oh. on. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Thank you to the NFL Network for um, letting me talk about football for a living as like a thing. 
I'm thankful for a lot of things. Hey, that was good. Hey, we're hey, thankful nice. for you, Ian. Thank you, Rapshi. Uh, Thank you, Rapshi. Let's get into the Thanksgiving football thank fest here you have information that we don't have and we are looking to gamble on these games tomorrow so we can have a little bit more of a vested interest and it's not just us it's the world let's start with the bears lions game andy dalton starting is he playing against jared goff and does anything else in there really matter aside from the fact that mcdc might be housing a turkey afterwards with his first ever win uh all right let's start with the goff situation he he actually threw Friday was kind of okay. Obviously, didn't play, didn't play Sunday. But even like on Sunday, they were like he's really, really close. So then threw again yesterday, uh, and they they're talking about him like he might potentially start. And I know he's got to get through today. Hey, back it's on the le- golf course, yeah, yeah, go. right, right. And uh, it's a left oblique, which is weird, but it's actually apparently for a righty thrower, an injury to a left oblique is actually worse. Um, so. You know, we'll see what happens today, but Robert I do Quinn's think there's a pretty down. good chance he ends up playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's going on right He's, here? I'm fucking flexing the oblique, dude. Just yeah. get to it. Yep. You Flex it up. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as far as the other things matter, I mean, obviously the <laughs> what's going to happen with the Chicago Bears, you know, can Andy Dalton get in, get a win, which I think is very much needed for this organization. When Dalton's played, like, they've looked like a pretty good offense. I think him getting, you know, benched was essentially about the future not as much as the now but him playing like that gives the bears i think a pretty good chance so it's gonna be uh, what for, about despite chance? the records what are, what's Nagy's chance of uh you know the report that came out that they might fire him? i saw that um <laughs> yeah i mean you know every, everybody obviously denied the report and i don't think it's something where I, I would be beyond stunned if he was literally told hey bro we're gonna fire you also would you mind coaching this game on national tv because that'd be that'd be awesome um, also for me, like it wouldn't be like, we've had coaches fired after a win, but I cannot remember one instance of a coach getting fired after a win during the season. Like if you win week 17 and it's already sealed, like you could get fired, but let's say they go out and beat the lions hard for me to imagine Nagy gets fired like the next day. Now I think they got to, they got to win and keep winning. I think this is a make or break year for the bears. So I'm definitely not saying that the status is solid. But as far as him being told, hey, we're going to fire you just in a couple of days, that doesn't seem right to Quick me. Quick question, Ian. The, the way that question was phrased to Nagy yesterday, is that allowed in your journalism world? Hey, uh, a source told me, insert name of ridiculous thing, phrase question in way that the coach can't give any other answer than to address. Like, I think the way, was that an actual report? Or can somebody sit in there and say, oh, I read a tweet that this person's getting fired on Thanksgiving. Hey, a source told me, uh, that Thanksgiving was going to be your last game. Have you heard that? And can you like that is a great phrased question to force Nagy to answer that question. Is that something that happens on a regular basis? And was there any substance behind the initial report? It, what it seemed a little bit like to me was something that happens in a movie. Like in in movies, when you have a source, you go to a press conference and you ask, like a source told me this. Can you comment? That would never happen in our world because if you have something very secret from a source you wouldn't just spill it in a press conference before you had it. Um, I mean, look, there's always going to be uncomfortable things you're going to have to ask a coach about. I mean, believe me, I do it. You do it. You spent 45 minutes with someone uh, talking about his personal health at a time when he certainly did not want to. Uh, You you understand uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you're talking about Tovid, dude. You're talking about Tovid 19. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I like that. 
I did, yeah, he's immunized. I did like that when you asked him about the toe, he was like, yeah, I think I've talked enough about my health. It's like, I don't know, 45 minutes at a time. Yeah, I guess that's probably <laughs> yeah. um, All right, let's move to the next one. You're saying, you're saying, though, that that is not normal. Because when I heard the question asked and I saw the clip, I was like, that that seems like that is a wild thing to do at a press conference. You yeah, know? I mean, to, the, to me, the best way to do it is just to be up front. Like, let's say you want to ask about a report. There was a report on patch.com. Um I'm not going to say anything about Patch.com, but there was a report about Patch, from Patch.com that said, you've already been told you're fired. We need to ask you about it. Can you comment? Yeah. Okay. Straight up front, right up. Just just say it. Everyone knows it anyway. As opposed to saying, like, hey, this is what, like, Bears fans are thinking, and they're chanting no. it at your kid's high school. Oh. <laughs> like, that is kind of how it came across. But I'm happy we got an answer. That should be interesting. Next game, Cowboys Raiders. Cowboys obviously have Dak back. Is there anything with C.D. Lamb? He got concussed, hard hit on the field the other day. He was at back at practice, allegedly, maybe. I don't know. And then on the yeah. Raiders' side, anything to look at there for that game? Yeah, C.D. Lamb practicing today is significant. Uh, we don't know for sure if he's going to get cleared, and I don't think we're going to know until tomorrow. But just the fact that he is able to progress enough in the concussion protocol to practice is something that we should pay attention to. He still has a ways to go. Like You'd like him to get a full practice and then clearance, um, but they do have some time. It's not the early game tomorrow, so I'd still be a little surprised to be played, but it is possible that he's out there. And like I think as we saw last week, like they really need it. Like that is a you know they need Amari Cooper too. Uh, it's this Cowboys team, which has been a juggernaut at times, is a little more up and down than I would have thought. Um, as far as the Raiders, they really seem to be headed in the wrong direction. Oh, um, and oh, I kind of, no. I yeah, I know it's sad. I kind of got the sense oh, no. um, a couple weeks ago, like they had the. You know, the interim coach bounce. Your boy, Rich Basaccia, comes in. He kind of like, you know, kind of like get things together. And then it's a little bit of a substitute teacher mentality. And they just they just seem like they're not in a good place uh, as, an or, as an organization. I don't know. What about Mayock? Is Mayock going to be around? Is he going to be the one that kind of crafts the – I don't, don't want to call it a rebuild, but you would assume like they're, they got to be on a coaching search at some point. Like, is Mayock the head of yeah. that? Mark Davis is the head of that, and from what I understand, he's going to get a small committee of, like, sort of elders or whatever you would say, which is, you know, people really important to the Raiders organization to help him through this. Uh, I know Mayock's job is definitely going to be evaluated. Oh, no. And he's back on TV. Bye -bye. He's gone, right? I mean, that's gone. I ain't say it's going to be evaluated, and it's, you know, it's been a tough time as far as draft picks. I mean, this year for two very, very different reasons. Um you know, they've, they've had to say goodbye to two first-round draft picks. Um, this is just, you know, I'd like to say good. this. I'd like to say this about Mayock. I, I don't know if he was necessarily handed the keys as all GMs are handed in mm -hmm. that world. It felt like a lot of people were saying he was working this way to do this thing. I don't think he'll be judged fairly, but if it, it's the NFL, there's no way Mayock survives. Like, they, they, it'll be a full, even though it's not fair for Mayock, I don't think personally. I haven't looked into it enough, but I don't think Mayock has necessarily gotten the – you know, like, hey, you're allowed to scout and draft who you want to draft and everything like that. He was working for Gruden, 100%. right? He was working for Gruden, right? Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, that's part of the problem. So, like, they're going to evaluate him. But let's say, you know, Alex Leatherwood, first rounder that drafted a tackle, he's already moved to guard. Let's say that's not the kind of value you want as a mid-first rounder. Well, like, the coaches liked Leatherwood as much maybe more as the scouts. So whose fault is that? Yeah. You know, and, like, they drafted for need. 
they really did like a running back, a strong safety, you know, a sort of run stopping defensive end. I mean, that's, they drafted for need. That's not generally what personnel guys do. That's more what coaches do. So like, there's going to be some things that are, there's going to be some things that are going to be unfair, but you know, now all that's going to come at the end of the year, I think. Such is life, I guess. Life's unfair. <laughs> and that's just, we don't like it. We'll call it out when it is. And Mayock knows the business. I mean, he's been around for long enough. He's probably not exactly thrilled about how it's all panned out. Hopefully he'll get another fair. opportunity. We'll see how it goes. Let's talk about that last game now. This one matters, Rap. okay? Mm-hmm. Bills, Saints. And whenever we're talking about the Saints, especially at this point with Simeon as quarterback, and even last year, and maybe we should have been talking a little bit louder, that is Kamara's team. Yeah. Kamara, they go how Kamara goes. He is he playing or is he not playing? And what do we know about the Bills after that uh, devastating defeat from the Indianapolis Colts? From your Indianapolis Colts, yeah, go, yep, yeah, right. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor just on the show scored five touchdowns. Owns a Topper's Pizza franchise. Whoa, that's right. yeah, that's he's right. uh, he's a pretty good player, by the way. Yeah, MVP um, probably. You should start writing it. Uh, it might actually be. Uh, so first of all, the Saints running back. So. Kamara didn't practice yesterday or the day before. Not a very good sign. He returned to practice a little bit. I think that was last week, but nothing yesterday. Very short week. My guess is it's going to be a situation where he comes back after the uh, after the real short week on Thanksgiving. And then Mark Ingram, you know, not looking great to play on Thursday. He's another one. I mean, that's basically their two top running backs. He had kind of a knee issue that swelled him a little bit. So Kamara's so they, out, probably Kamara and Ingram. Right. Probably it's, out. It's yeah. not. It's it's not looking good for either of those guys, which means Tony Jones could be the starter. And oh, for the Bills, yeah. Tony's yeah. Player. Oh, Tony Jones. Yeah, think about the fantasy, I guess. Yeah. Um, sure. Although in my league, he's already Tony already snagged him. Um, but then for the Bills, I mean, they gave up so many rushing yards last week, and it was such a such a weakness. And now they're going to get a third string running back. That's probably shaping up pretty good oh, for the Bills, yeah. I would think. Oh, and who's the linebacker for the Bills? There's a linebacker coming back too, right? Tremaine Edmonds, I believe, is probably who you're speaking of. Was real close last week, and just to do everything all over the field, kind of like I'm not going to say he's like Darius Leonard, but that would be sort of a projection if he could get to that point. Very talented. Sounds like he probably comes back on Thursdays. Well. Okay, here we yeah. go. Yeah. He, he's very athletic and can run and hit. Yeah, yeah. Like he can he can do everything. I feel like. What about the Taysom Hill extension? The Saints signed him to. What do you make of that? Like, what is behind that? So it was really interesting. Four years, $40 million, $20 million fully guaranteed. So it is a real extension. Is there a pass, a number of passes that he, if he throws a certain amount, he gets an escalator or something? Yeah. I mean, the, the max value is, is enormous. 95. Uh, yeah, it's 95. And I think he, he's got to throw a certain number of passes per game. It's a lot, and like, unless you think Taysom Hill is going to be a starting quarterback, and I think he's a very cool player, but he got beat out by Jameis Winston and Trevor yeah. Simeon, so I'm not sure a starting quarterback is in his future. How come Sean called him Steve Young then? And how come it's still being talked about? If because he- Sean loves him. Okay. That is his guy. I mean, that is – I would say he's probably more valuable to Sean Payton and to the Saints than he would be to any other organization and head coach. So they, they have plans for, I mean, basically what they paid him like is a top special teamer, which he is, a backup quarterback, which he is, and like sort of a tight end, which sometimes he can be. It's, it's, a, it's an odd extension, but 
they believe he is very valuable, and Sean believes that he's very valuable to the organization. Well, and he is. I think yeah. I think he has proved that. But the conversation about him being a quarterback, I can't believe we haven't figured it out yet if Sean Payton's the Harvard of quarterbacks, right? Like, isn't that mm-hmm. – you would think they would already have it figured out, but I, I like that they're keeping him around. He is fun to watch. Um, whenever you think about this upcoming slate this Sunday, uh, Siciliano, uh, big-time uh, player in this entire NFL media game, he put out a tweet that there is more games of or matchups in this week 12 of teams that are 500 or better than in the history of the NFL. Why do you think that is? Why, why do you think that is? Honestly, what, is it? do you think teams are getting better? Do you think there's a, a lack of consistency with some teams? What do you think it is? You know, this has been such a weird – it's been such a weird season. Like, there's been so many highs and then so many – like – the lows have been really low, right? So, like, the the Jets are a great example. They should be kind of midway through the rebuild right now, getting a look at their rookie quarterback and as he does some cool things, and it's been a real disappointment. Giants have been more disappointing. Texans really bottomed out. Lions really bottomed out. So I think when you have so many teams kind of randomly, I guess, um, at a low, a low point in the rebuild, Jacks, the Jaguars haven't had a lot of real highs this year either. So you got a lot of low teams, which is, I think has allowed some of the pretty good teams to just collect all the wins, right? Like there has, there's been some upsets this year, but there haven't been a lot of like shockers, like say the Texans did last week. Right. So there's just a lot more teams with winning records and some very very bad teams with very very bad records. Did Tyrod of the Texans send the Titans into a deep? Trap? Oh, no. Oh, no. Maybe. That's alliteration. I'm a voiceoverist. Don't fucking worry about it. Go ahead, Tom. Are you a voiceoverist? I am a voiceoverist, yeah. In an actual thing. Wow. On the cock. Mm-hmm. Peacock. Hell yeah. Wow. Ruthless That's... Aggression, season two. <laughs> By the way, just that word right there had to be said a bunch of times. Naughty. Yeah. Ruthless Aggression, season two. That is just the beginning of the words that I was asked to put together. I mean, people are listening to these words that I'm saying in his voiceover action. They, they were obviously not written by me. They were they were testing my tongue and my accent to see if I could even say some of these things. But it was an honor. I'm part of what, it. It's on the cock. Sounds really good. What, what I do love is like someone is intently listening to you say these ridiculous words, and at some point going, "Oh, he nailed it! Like that was so perfect." Well, just like, oh, yeah. I don't know if there was a lot of that. <laughs> I, I, know, I know there was a couple. Let's let's uh, let's try uh, old VO two A forty five again. A little less energy. Here. All right, yeah, a little bit more energy in this one. A little less energy on this one. It was. I'm a voice Everest though. What do you want? It's you my art. To, put the camera. I need. I need to see the outtakes. Oh, uh, we have them. Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely <laughs> have them. We definitely have them. Go ahead, Ty. Rapshi, what are you hearing about the Packers? Obviously, we know Bakhtiari had the scope, and then there's maybe chance that he'll come back after the bye. But for a team that we keep hearing like, hey, they need to get healthy. Like, as a Packers fan, can you expect them to actually get healthy in the coming weeks? Here, like, they still are incredibly banged up. I thought the David Bakhtiari news was really, really good news because I had heard that he was really frustrated with how he was like looking and feeling on the field, right? Like he was out there, he was practicing, but he, he wasn't a hundred percent. And he was just, he was aggravated that he wasn't himself. And then some of my colleagues reported the surgery and I was like, okay, this actually makes sense because if he needed an additional surgery on his knee, that's probably why he didn't feel great. So I would expect him back probably mid December and like, look, obviously, you know, like as a Packers fan, it's all about late December and January. Like 
The rest of it is interesting, but that's what it's about. So the opposite of last year, where you probably get one of the best left tackles in football back for the playoff run. Um, so that's stretch, run. Jair, stretch run. Stretch run. Stretch run. What's that, two, three weeks, four weeks? What do you think it is towards the end? You're probably looking at, you know, probably two games or maybe three games and then the playoffs, something like that, which would be great. Okay, all right. And then Jair Alexander is the other one. Um, You know, they took, I don't want to say it's a risk, but like a leap of faith a little bit, not having surgery. He tried to rehab that shoulder, um, and it seems like it's going well enough where he might actually play. So you could get. Two Pro Bowl caliber players back in December for the Packers, in, which would be amazing. In a month. How about <laughs> it? Huh? No, 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 good for you guys. That'll be fine. I'm sure you guys will be very patient. That's awesome. I, oh. I, I was I was kind of blindsided by the Bakhtiari news, I think. I, I didn't expect there to be a holdup or another surgery. Did you guys know about the scope, and how long ago was it? Um, I personally didn't know i just knew something wasn't right and i couldn't get to the bottom of it and my colleagues who do a fantastic job as well tom pelicero mike garifold do an awesome job um they they dug around and uh they figured it out and i mean i i think they they were on it for a couple days so i feel like it was last week it was either early this week or late last week it was pretty recent remember because he missed those days of practice he missed thursday friday and they were like oh no setback no setback and then he answered. Oh, setback. Oh, setback. 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 Why is everybody lying? Why are you always lying? Feel like you're lying. Can't wait to get the draft back. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Rap Sheet, there's been reports that uh, there's a little bit of dissension in the Jags building and that they might make some changes at a few position coaches. Is that real? What? And are they actually thinking about shutting Trevor Lawrence down? What? I have not heard anything about shutting Trevor Lawrence down. And that Is this like make- a press conference-like question, or did you actually hear this? No, no, this actually was like an article, yeah. All right. And he will only okay. scream at the receiver's coach and the running back's coach. Oh, I hey. think he screams at all the coaches. Oh. Does he? Oh. Oh. You can I mean, get one. You can get one. You can well, get one. Well, one thing I know about Urban is he's very, very hard on the coaches. It's kind of like Saban. That's sort of like a college thing where you just murder the coaches so you don't have to do it to the player. It's like you send a message to your coaches – Sort of to the players through the coaches, so I'm not surprised about that. As far as some turnover, like I'm sure there will be some. You know, um, a lot of times when you have a team that's going to win two or three or maybe four games, there's some turnover. So, I, you know, I don't know that all is well, but they're in the midst of a rebuild, and hopefully, it gets better. I mean, you'd like to see them win a couple of games, and Trevor to have his moments. Just haven't been a ton of them yet. Ian, what happens to Jason Garrett? Like, is he going to get another job as a coordinator? I, 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 I don't know. I, it doesn't seem great for Jason Garrett. And I'll tell you this: like for a head coach, he's going to USFL. Oh, oh there you go, Maulers. Pittsburgh Maulers. Is that is that a real team? Uh well, Pittsburgh yeah. Maulers are purple and orange, orange in yeah. Pittsburgh. Smart decision, <laughs> USFL. That makes sense. Every, purple and orange. Every other team is black and yellow. Not a fan. Michigan Panthers. Oh, oh. Look out. I love that. That's a team too. Yeah, the USFL, it's coming back in the spring. I was uh, actually approached by somebody at Fox asking if I wanted to kick in the USFL. <laughs> I, uh, wow, and I, you said, sign me up? I said, that's one of the biggest smacks in the mouth that I've ever received. <laughs> um, I'll buy one of these teams if, that's, <laughs> if that is happening. That could be something. Or, you know, maybe I'll go kick in the Rocks League. Thank you. Oh. Uh, but yeah, this is happening. That is really that is really insulting. Yeah, like, you're hey, fucking. Pat, you def, you definitely could use the money. Would you like to? 
come kick for us. Not just the money. Like, if I'm kicking in any, I'm not kicking in the fucking USFL. <laughs> what, I'm 34 years old. What are we even, what are we even talking about here? But I play quarterback in the fucking USFL. <laughs> yeah. Like, if that would have been pitched, Ian, you need to stop. <laughs> yeah. Ian, Get it together. Hey, think about this. Is a Fox okay. executive, okay. too. Ian. Think about, and AJ, you're probably, you probably potentially know the person that did this. Literally walked up to me. Hey, great idea. I want to have a meeting. Like, uh, all right, you can get the fuck out of here. I'm, remind me never to waste my time with this human again. But yeah, that was offered. But is that where Jason Garrett's headed to tie this whole thing back? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm okay. By the way, I'm okay. Yeah, well, so, we were worried. We're thankful. Happy really, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. A really good lesson can be taken from the Jason Garrett situation. When you're a head coach and you're fired, take the year off. Don't coach. Like, don't go be a coordinator. Jay Gruden did the same thing. Was going to probably be in TV and then get hired as a head coach next year. Went to the Jaguars as offensive coordinator. Everyone got fired. Now out of football. When you get fired as a head coach, don't do anything. Go be Doug Peterson. Go hang out in somewhere in Florida. I forget where. Have everyone remember the good times. Mm -hmm. And then the next cycle, you'll be like a hot commodity. So I, I don't know where he's going to surface again. He's a good coach. It was a good head coach. Um, but I think it'll take a minute mm -hmm. to kind of rehabilitate some things. Yeah, I think he was in a high-profile position for a long time, and he's Jerry Jones's uh, family, mm -hmm. you know. Yep. But you're right, only the bangers survive. If you disappear, only the bangers get remembered. You know, there's there's a lot of, and it's not just music, but it's in life, and when you disappear for a little bit, only the good things happen. you got to remember about the spoiled milk that yeah, is going right. there's there's that Those things never get talked about or remembered. Uh, Diggs has a question for you. Before we get to the COVID cowboy with an electrifying question, uh, St. Louis and Kroenke in the NFL, $790 million. This comes one week after a report of Stan Kroenke saying $100 million. Let's get out of here. They agree on 790 I guess. It has been made publicly. Yep. Did you just yep. get a text from Roger Goodell telling you're not allowed to talk about this? Or is this something that everybody expected to happen, especially after the one per club meeting allegedly got a little bit contentious? Uh, I did not get a text from Roger Goodell. Um, has he ever it, texted you? Has he ever texted me? Yeah. Um, I will not disclose. Oh. Oh. Yes. There was a report. A source told us that Roger Goodell texted you and told you that if you said anything bad, that he would potentially fire you. Is that true or not true? Have you heard from him about anything you've done? Answer the question. Answer no comment. Come on. Oh, fuck off. Come That's on. unbelievable. Take back I'm not going to even address the ridiculousness of the question by engaging. A source it. told us. A source told us, Ian. <laughs> Too bad. We have Too bad. Us. All, All right. right. Anyway, so let's get back Rog to um, no. Rog has his buddy text or his little his <laughs> assistant text you probably. Oh, get the peanut M&Ms and text. Why does everybody assume? Why does everyone assume that all these guys have little assistants? Like, he's like, he's a big man and his assistant. No, like, no, no. Not, I don't mean little. No, like, I don't mean like Siciliano. You got like Joe Thomas here. Here and then Siciliano. Well, AJ yeah. just thinks less of those. Well, no, listen. Oh, hey, I'm sure. <laughs> no, it's, it's Thanksgiving. Come on. Anyways, Come on. Uh, just very quickly, though. Very AJ, quickly, though. Yeah. I think a lot of people think not. a lot of people's assistants, whether they be tall Love or short people. assistants, uh, and little people, and whatever it is, whatever the assistant is, they can come yeah. in all shapes and sizes. But a lot of people, I think think that people's assistants are doing everything, and I assume that is the case. Roger Goodell does feel like a guy who's very hands-on, though. I might be wrong. I'm not 100% sure, but it feels like he does handle his own shit. Am I wrong in thinking that? Like, if he didn't like what you were doing, he would tell you? 
Yeah, I, I think that's so probably right. So he does right. text him. Yeah. Okay. okay. No, Look I mean. fucking journalism. Boy, Fuck yeah. you. Answer the question about <laughs> San Cronky um, in St. Louis. <laughs> so we, we'll get some more details on this today. Uh, but it is true, $790 million, which I think is, you know, I mean, look, it's a settlement. So, of course, technically it is fair. Um, I think it's probably more than Kroenke wanted. It's probably not as much as St. Louis wanted. Uh, and, you know, St. Louis had kind of racked up a bunch of small legal victories leading up to this. But if even if they won this case, it was going to get appealed all over the place, and this was going to linger on forever. Uh, I think they took a big sum of money. Everybody wrapped it up. Uh, there'll be some sort of statement from the NFL later, and then this thing will be over, and that's just what's – I don't know if that's it. Are they an expansion city now? Is that is that a part of the deal, like if the NFL expands? I, I don't believe that was part of the deal. No. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Should have stayed at the table a little longer, St. Louis, although $790 million is a lot more than $0 million. That's right. That's a lot of cash. Go ahead, Tom. Ian, uh, speaking of the Giants, uh, are Judge and Gettleman tied together – who, which one of those two seats are hotter? Are they tied together? Like if one of them um, goes, do both go? I I don't think it would be like that, no. I mean, I'm not – anything is possible, but I, I, I have not gotten the sense that Joe Judge is under fire or hot seat anything. I mean, Jeez, they fired the last two coaches Thanks. after two years. I don't think they would like to do that again. Uh, plus, I think there's enough people that think he's a good coach where I, I feel like he's going to get at least another year. Um, you know, Gettleman's a little bit of a different story. He is, and I, this is not a judgment in any way, he's a little older. Whoa. Um, <laughs> the man's older. Are you an so, ageist? You know, are you an ageist? Oh, no, are you an ageist? I'm, I like Gettleman. He's just, well, he's just not that young. doesn't sound like it. You would love him. Um, well, ageism. Oh, Lord. You were thinking like, hey, take the diaper off. Maybe he's fucking do your job. Years old. Is that what you were saying? Ian? Uh, no. He, but if, you know... I don't know what's going to happen with Gettleman, but I don't think it's. I don't think they are tied together. I don't think okay. it's like if something happens to one, it would definitely happen to the other. Um, we'll see what Gettleman decides to do at the end of the year. Oh. And what's a big story? Uh, oh, he's retiring. Okay. Put on a ticker. Ian Rappaport of NFL. Network. You have a ticker. He's oh, a, this guy. He's, he's only he's only ass. seventy, and you wouldn't say that about Bill or Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is the youngest 70 of all time. No, Bill the fact Bill that he's Belichick. The oldest Bill, what the hell? Big. Bill Belichick's still squatting. He is not squatting. Oh! oh wait, what's that, that Run it up. Run it up. What's it's that? on the right there. Do Literally. we have Do we have footage? Right you gotta there. Get that t-shirt. Get that t-shirt. Hold it up. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my What's God. that, rap sheet? Huh? Say what? sorry. Say sorry. That's, that is amazing. Yeah, that was whenever they were doing the uh, group practice with the Giants, I think. Yeah, yeah. and he maxed out at four fifty. That's just what a, a warm baller. Up. Yeah, that's just a warm up. So he's seventy doing that, dude. Putting a putting a bar on his back at seventy. Forget how much no, weight is no on. No pad, right? He didn't use that little no, pad. No pad. No. Hey, by the way, I do not judge anybody that puts that pad on there. There, there has been plenty of mornings where we are being asked to squat, where I have to stand under that, and my legs are far superior than my upper body, and the weight is just. Is crippling my spine, <laughs> but I have to squat it because the legs can still move it. So whenever I found that little pad bar, there's also a bar that has like the uh, yeah the handles the handles on it with it. That thing was a game changer for me because I just I, I just don't understand. Like some genius was like, all right, we're gonna get everyone's legs stronger. We're gonna literally put a bar 
on your spine, and this is going to be considered totally fine in the weightlifting community. Like, am I an idiot? Like, this is ridiculous. Well, you put loading your spine is good. Loading your spine is good for your body. You need to. Yeah, wow. Oh, look at put that. it lower. You need to put the bar lower if you have issues. I know people put it up high. I, the bar's like halfway down my back, and I heard that was an Ohio thing from the strength coaches in Green Bay, actually, like how low I put the wow. bar. Because I'd have no pain. I put it like on my well, – yeah. So not, what do you do? You hold it. Is that where your fingers get bent? So you hold yeah. that mm-hmm. thing up? Yeah, so your arms are kind of like – it is kind of hard, but you put it down low, you can put 1,000 pounds on your back. It doesn't hurt. I just do leg press now and just say, yeah. put all the weights on there and just kick it up, you know <laughs> oh, what I mean? Yeah. So you look good. You make people stand on the machine too? No, I don't <laughs> do any of that. I'm not, on, uh, I'm not on Instagram yet with Pat McAfee fit. That's coming though. Coming. That's coming though. I hated squatting. I loved cleaning though. I love cleaning. Mm. I'm a big clean guy because you don't have to really you know, have any upper body strength. What are you looking at right there, Ian? What, what do we need to know about? <laughs> um... So this actually is kind of interesting. Um, I'm reading one of Mike Garofalo's tweets, but this is – so Logan Woodside was placed on the COVID list. Ryan Tannehill was sort of against, not a big fan of the vaccine, but he said he got it. that he only got the vaccine because of the NFL protocols. And now because he got the vaccine, he'll probably be able to play on Sunday because he's not considered a close contact. So score one for the vaccine. Ah, okay. nice. I don't know who the Titans play, but I'm sure they, they play the Patriots. The oh, Patriots yeah. are probably saying, wish he didn't get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. That, that's probably what they're saying because yeah. backup quarterback, backup running back makes that game much more uh, yeah. enticing for the Patriots. They might kill the Titans, yeah. by the way. A.J. Brown, is he uh, going to be out on Sunday, Rashi? How about Julio? Uh, Julio's still out. Julio's still out. AJ Brown, I was told it's a minor rib injury and he came out okay. We'll see. I haven't seen if he's practiced today. Of course, I've been talking to you guys, but. Oh, yeah. Blame us, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, But I I don't think that's a major injury, so I think he should be okay. All right, well, Ian, happy Thanksgiving. Have a great one. We can't thank you enough for your time. Good luck breaking news. And when Raj texts, tell him we say hello. I'll, I'll tell him to come on the Pat McAfee show and, and speak for himself. Yeah, hey, awesome. I'll, I'll go over there to uh, Pennsylvania Boulevard or whatever it is where the, uh, the uh, what is it? The headquarters. The headquarters mm-hmm. over, over mm-hmm. there on uh, Pan what, Pan, what's the uh, what's Pennsylvania Street? What's the name of where the uh, office Park. is? Park Avenue. Yeah, tell Park. him I'll go to Park Boulevard. I'll fuck, come talk to him if I have to. Ladies and gentlemen, the insider of all insiders, Ian Rappaport. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Is joining us in studio is not only an Indianapolis legend, Atlanta legend, but now hey, don't call him don't call him Bob in your intro. You yeah. know that. You know better. Yeah. There was a glitch. I, it was the microphone. Yeah, I'm slapping shit off the Robert. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I thought it was the microphone. It was the microphone. Something happened. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, uh, happy we're past that. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> it was a little bit of a sweat there when I saw the tweet initially, but I know this man is in too good of a mood because so much greatness is happening in his life that he has earned and deserved. Today, it was announced that he is a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame in his first year eligible. In this weekend, at the home game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he will be honored to go into the Ring of Honor. Ladies and gentlemen, never been more deserving, Robert Mathis. What's up, dude? Hey, what's going on? So the Bob, I, I don't know what Patrick. happened. Yeah, they, well, all right. Listen, you can do that. <laughs> Robert, you can call me anything you would like uh, forever. But I honestly believe in the intro, I didn't get a chance to say, 
Congratulations, man. This is fucking awesome. I mean, this is very, very cool. A Hall of Fame uh, announcement today, semifinal first year. That means you're fucking going in. Okay, your first year you go semifinals, you're going in. I understand you're going to have to not be able to have that mindset, and you're not in until you're in. But I think most people with a brain will say, you're going in. Then you're going in the Ring of Honor this weekend, which is massive for our team, our organization. I think everybody knows how hard it is to get in. There is a line of people that need to get in there. And I think you representing the Colts there forever and going into the Hall of Fame is one of the coolest things I've ever uh, witnessed personally, a little small piece of it. From Zone 6 to the Hall of Fame and the Ring of Honor, dude, congrats. Yeah! <laughs> Fucking congrats, man. It's awesome. Man, that was a hell of an intro, man. That, that That's a big onion appeal right there. So uh, a lot of guys deserving. Uh, with the guys that we played with during that decade, it's just we won the most games in that in that span in history. May have been upended by those Boston guys by now. But, oh uh, yeah, I agree. Hey, whatever. Yeah, they whatever. stink up there. Yeah, don't yeah. worry. It's, it's well, a lot of guys. It's just I'm just so honored and uh in a good place, man. So. What have you been doing? A lot of reflection, I assume, whenever things like this happen and, and people say, like, I'm humbled by something and I never really understood what that meant. But then when you're bestowed an honor, the humbleness comes from like, oh, like, do I deserve this? Like, oh, I got to work for this. And you start like reflecting, I think. I assume you've done a lot of reflection and looking back on how you got to this point over the last few weeks. That has had been, had to been very fulfilling, I'd assume. And when you look back on the journey that's been. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of like. Uh, reflection, prayer, things like that, spending time with, with the father up top. And uh, once you retire, that's when you can really just think about this stuff. But when you're playing, you don't think about it. You're just trying to uh, do what it takes to win games, do what it takes to earn your, your seat at the table, and uh, and just be among these greats, uh, Peyton, Marv, Reggie, Dwight, uh, Jeff Saturdays, and just, just do your part to win games. And uh, when it's all said and done and the smoke clears, all right, this is what we have. Yeah. <laughs> so, you were covering kicks. Yeah. You were you were you were a kickoff. You were covering. You were on the kickoff team the first couple of years. You were a special teamer, and then Bill Polian's vision of you and Freeney coming off the edge just kind of came full tour. Was there ever a doubt? No, or is this always the journey? Well, if it whatever the plan was, they didn't tell me till later on. So you had to, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do to get what you need to get. And so I needed I needed a spot on on a, a roster on the team. So that's what I had to do. So I was willing to do it and. They let me. They messed up. They they messed up and let me rush the quarterback. So it was all said and done. <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. Yeah. Robert, who do you like watching now in the league that that rushes the the, the quarterback? Like it's an outside rusher, whether it's outside back or DN. Like who's your fa- who well, your fan? Well, my favorite is uh is Von Miller, uh, and Chandler Jones inside. Of course, Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, and DeForest Buckner. But my my special guy is Max Crosby, number ninety eight mm, for the Raiders. Okay. This he he is not getting any any kind of burn right now and he is a dog coming off the edge so i think people kind of need to shine a little light on him because he he's 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 a man over there when you were covering kicks before you became a pass rusher and a qb hater and everything Mm -hmm. like that you uh, turned into the strip sack wasn't really you know a stat i don't know if it's even a stat currently is it i appreciate that alley-oop uh Sack fumbles are still not an official stat uh roger goodell i think we need to address this uh (laughs) Whatever, address it. <laughs> <laughs> that should yeah, be. Don't you think it should yeah. be a two for there? You you get a sack, I think, right? Yeah, it's it, honestly it's more devastating than the interception because it's instant field position, and and you're hitting the the, the franchise, the engine to every every NFL team 
you, is the quarterback, and you're hitting and you're putting him on the ground. So was that full focus for you? It was like I'm a, obviously you want to secure the tackle, yada yada yada. But you were a specialist at getting the the tomahawk. Was uh, I mean that was a nightmare for quarterback. We actually heard from coaches that joined the staff later that said our quarterbacks weren't able to sleep whenever they were thinking about playing you guys <laughs> because Dwight Freeney was going to embarrass the tackle and Robert Mathis was going to do the same and get the ball out at all times. Mm-hmm. So it changed the game completely for quarterbacks. Was that something? you focus on and when did you know that was going to be your thing well ironically i folk I, I did that in high school i was watching a lot of Derek thomas tape uh kansas city chiefs edge guy he he came with it and called it a tomahawk strip secure the tackle and then separate the ball from the quarterback and so i did that in high school uh then got to college but then i got to the nfl and john tierling just kind of perfected it uh, we did a lot of drills and uh dwight and myself we we did that every day in practice so <clears throat> Getting after the quarterback was one thing, but separating him from the ball, that's how you got the whole sack. Instead of Dwight stealing uh, damn sacks from you and stuff like that. <laughs> so, yeah, you get, the, you get the ball out, you get the whole sack, and you get an extra stat, which is a forced fumble. Well, forced fumbles, that is an official stat. But sack fumbles is not. Correct that, Roger Goodell, please, and thank you. <laughs> yeah, right make now. that happen over there on Park Ave. Go ahead, AJ. Yeah. Don't, I don't know if, like, Casual fans are aware if you knock the ball to the quarterback's hands, it's a sack. It counts as a sack. You don't have to get him on the ground. All you got to do is get the ball out. That's a sack, and you get a chance to pick it up and score, too. Absolutely. Um, OC, Human Euro, and, and myself, we used to joke about that. Like, man, and John Abraham, why the hell you need to get dirty when you can just slap the ball out? <laughs> so you get a sack, force fumble, and you, and you get to stay clean, you know? Uh, now you're giving back to the game and right. the community in a massive way with uh, the Gridiron Gang. And I am, you know, like, I don't know how the way to proud. I, I don't know, but like it's awesome to watch because you and Dan Mer- are, are given back on the field training mm-hmm. and the way it's set up to give back to people mm-hmm. who uh, it, it may be in neighborhoods that would never be able to afford this type of specific training. Mm-hmm. What are you teaching? What is different about the Gridiron Gang and uh, why, why have you committed so much of your time? It is like a full time thing. It's awesome mm-hmm. that you've done this. Well, it's not just a <clears throat> just football training on field and uh, throughout the Gridiron Gang Foundation, uh, it's a it's a all-inclusive one-stop shop. So it's football training, of course, uh, every sport, so male and female. So whatever sport that you play, we have uh, speed and agility, weights, uh, diet. Also, we offer social media training. Oh, here we go. Which would get a lot, which gets a lot of young athletes in trouble as they have aspirations to be pros. One bad tweet, and it's and it's on you until you you know forever. Uh, etiquette training, how to sit at the dinner table, uh, financial literacy, thing, the mm-hmm. things that... Uh, so it's that, a life. This is a life. Yes, this is life. This is a mentorship, big brother, big sister, uncle, uncle, I mean, uncle, aunt, OGs. When you when somebody call you an uncle, OG, or coach, that comes with a responsibility. And uh, we take that seriously. So we're trying to teach these, uh, the children, the youth at a young age, how to function as adults because... Playing, uh, playing with uh, teammates and, and people right now, I mean, it's leisure, but it's going to turn into networking later. So we just teach you how to operate in that vein. It's smart because there's, you know, there's people that think like that throughout mm-hmm. their entire life and they normally be successful. But to get to that point, you have to experience certain failures normally. And then yeah. now that you're kind of smartening them and sharing game with them at this young age, right. hopefully it'll give a lot more people a lot more opportunity. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, I also don't want to say he's not – He's not. He, don't turn my mic off. But Pat is my main supporter uh, 
a, a big contributor and a guy that just he continues to just gives us a lot of motivation and and just support. So I want to I want to say thank you to you no, no, for, no, no. for helping us and just being just being in our corner and backing us in whatever shape, fashion, or form. And uh, you're a real one, man. So I appreciate you, bro. man. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. Hey, listen. Um, we should have muted that, okay? We don't need people. I'm a stooge, you hear me? I'm just dumb stooge who speaks in the microphone. But I think whenever I see something awesome and I see somebody like, you were very nice to me in the locker room immediately upon joining. And I think from learning from other people, that's not necessarily normal, that that's the way it goes. But uh, you have always been an incredible teammate. And that's what I wanted to ask about with the Gridiron Gang. It feels like you are sharing what you were as a teammate, basically, as the OG in a locker room with a younger generation and giving back. Like that's a that's a brilliant concept, and I think that's why I'm so you know thankful and excited about it all. But thank you for those kind words. It means a lot coming so, from you, obviously. Well, with us, it's all our instructors are always all former NFL or professional level guys, and so the thing you miss about the game is the locker room. I don't miss the the, the bumps, the bruises, hitting people, getting hit. You miss the people, the relationships that you form, and so uh, the way for us to wean ourselves off the game and, and and have therapy per se was being around it and teaching it, and so to have these children and just pouring into them and they're just taking whatever you say, empty vessels and just uh, applying it. That's that's a that's a that is a huge uh, reward for us. That's awesome. Go ahead, AJ. Mm-hmm. Robert, I would imagine, like you said, having former NFL players. <clears throat> coach and teach and mentor that also has to help those players and that transition from football to life like that's got to feel great as well not only helping these kids but yeah you're helping a lot of your peers absolutely uh i know with me when i retired i was like what the what what what, hey frank said this two days ago frank Gore said this two days ago (laughs) Uh and then aaron said it uh Mm -hmm. yesterday and then now you're saying it and aj and i retiring is not an easy thing it's real man because well coach i i tried coaching that it wasn't for me Time, it, time, or time, and just it was time, time. <laughs> time. <Yeah. laughs> That's a different time. level of yeah. And yeah. so my thing was, I would never. I made a promise to myself. Look, I will not lie to the to those coming behind me, whether it's a young player, because you know a lot of them call me OG. Yeah, you so are. I'm gonna give them game, and I'm not gonna lie to them, but I'm not gonna just tell them some 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 BS. You enjoy it, though, obviously. I I, I enjoy it, and I love giving them truth. I love giving them game. Uh, I have a lot of uh, student athletes, man, and they just just soak up every word that you say to them. And as long as you can keep them on the right path and just keep the the distractions at a minimum, they're going to be set up for success for a long time. How about the uh, immediate credibility to AJ when these kids show up and it's fucking Robert Mathis? They're actually doing the drill. Like, actually, (laughs) I I, want to make sure people know this, that don't fall, like, Robert is actually running hands with these high schoolers, like a hundred of them, like like actually every single day. It is in like it is awesome. I'm lucky. Uh, it's cardio. Be- it's cardio for me. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm about I to got, say. I got to get me some trainers. So any interns out there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mitt, Mitt, get Mitt. No, no, Mitt would not be. Well, uh, McMahon's son uh, Emmett here has really transformed into mm-hmm. something awesome. Yeah. Coach, you're holding your breath, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go ahead, Todd. Robert, when you look at, we talk about the pass interference, or not pass interference, the roughing the passer penalties quite a bit lately. When you oh, look at this okay. kind of stuff, like, obviously, you know. Hey, you, don't land on them, Robert. Jesus. Like, is there, is there anything these guys can do? I mean, you look at it and they slow it down. It's like, okay, it is helmet to helmet. But what they're asking these guys to do is virtually impossible. And these, these calls are affecting the outcomes of games. 
Yeah, I, um, the only thing that they have not requested is that we paint their fingernails for them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, so, you know, it is what it is. I said what I said. Uh, <laughs> but, no, it's, it's, it's very tough to play defense now because they're taking the aggression out of it. Nobody's – there is – you can't really say there's an aggressor on defense now because – uh, with defenseless, you got to let him catch the ball. You got to you got to strike zone on the quarterback. He has five bodyguards that get paid millions of dollars, and two additional bodyguards right behind him. Oh, so and strike you don't you yeah. so that you don't hit him or land on him in the wrong fashion. But uh, I remember Dwight got hurt trying to not hit uh, San- or Sanchez, Mark, Mark Mark Sanchez in an AFC Championship game. So if you have coaches saying I want this, I want a speed. Aggressive tenacity. I want all this, but you have the NFL front office saying, "Fine, fine, 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 fine." Yeah. So who do you listen to? And do I listen to my coach because he has my job? You know that weighs in the balance, or he's going to take money. They're going to take money from me if I do what this coach says. So it needs to be a a, a balance somewhere. Some it's just too much gray area. So. Make it defined because every year they changing and altering the, the rules or whatnot, and it, the players just don't know what's going on, so they just go for the knees. Yeah, yeah. and by the way, that's that, <laughs> I don't I don't, that's don't not go great for my knees. I mean, don't right. go for yeah. my knees. Yeah. Uh, Carson Palmer had that rule get changed because of the going for the mm-hmm. knees right. thing, and now there's a strike zone, but you're supposed to do it at 22 miles an hour while somebody else. It, it right. seems like. And I don't want to put myself in this because I never played in the fashion or on the in the situations you guys did. But it feels like a lot of the older players have been spouting the same exact thing. Like I don't know how you would expect us to do it. The younger players it doesn't sound like they speak up that much. Do you? Do you still get a chance to chat with them and how they feel about how they adapt to it? Is I it- do. Uh, they they're very they're more, they're more vocal. They just they just talk to us, the OGs. Yeah, yeah. So. Gotcha. And in, in, in that sense, we we have to be be their voice. Yes. So I'm with, I'm their voice. I can say what I want to say. I'm retired. <laughs> I can say what I want to say. You're a Hall of Famer but, coming up too. Yeah. I mean, even, let's go. Even like when the the cornerbacks can't cut these big ass old, old offensive tackles when they pull out in the flats, like you have to hit them up top. That is ridiculous. Yeah, you're asking. That's ridiculous. Pancake <laughs> City. Honestly, you, you can't cut them low, like. Shh. What, do, what am I supposed How to do? How about the taunting call? Hey, have you heard anything about that, the taunting call? God. Because the, it being yeah. a point of emphasis is my problem. It, it's a rule. I get it. If it's a, if it's too much and it's a rule, cool. Point of emphasis means, hey, we want this out. Pay attention to it. A guy named Land Clark has seven of them this year, this particular ref. And that's what you get, though. You get an ego-driven ref, maybe, that can dictate an entire game, Robert. There was uh, that. And that on sports mic on what Cassius Marsh? Yeah. yeah. Like, man, you gotta be kidding me. Mm-hmm. He you gotta be kidding hey, me. Hey, how so. about that spinning fucking kick? Oh yeah. yeah. Did you sweet. see yeah, his that celebration? Was, that was sweet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what we said. Yeah. yeah. That was that was that was sweet. But then going over to Tom the amount of history. You know, and Tomlin respects that. I, now, granted, he was a part of the rules committee, and he said that is the picture of taunting. But Tomlin's going to talk shit too. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think that's a part of the the competitive juices. But we're also just a bunch of old guys yelling in the front yard. I guess. Well, t- uh, Coach Dungey said it best: if you don't like them celebrating, don't let them score or stop them. Yeah. Amen. Michael Irvin said, "You don't want us dancing." Stop us from scoring touchdowns. Damn right. <laughs> and that he, I think he even yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Knee wobble. What, what do, fan, do fans pay? Okay, they don't pay. They, they want to be entertained. Not saying everybody have to be that type of guy. I wasn't that type of guy. 
Pat was. So Pat, if he blow you up, he gonna let you know. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna give you all that. But everybody's not cut from the same cloth. Somebody, a lot of guys, especially those Florida, those Florida, Florida boys, boys. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, they gonna, they gonna chirp. That's how they get. That's a culture. That's, that's, by the way. that's a culture thing. So you have to understand it's deeper than just I'm just gonna talk some shit. No, that's how that's that's kind of how what it is. And it's they try yeah. to they want everybody to be Barry Sanders, which by the way, a lot of no. respect for Barry Sanders. Well, yeah. of, the mm-hmm. fact that he was able to do everything he was able to do and just hand the ball over yeah. and still be motivated and have a chip and everything was great. I was not like that as a person mm-hmm. that before football, and I know a lot of people that aren't. Like, hey, I need to remind both me and the other person what mm-hmm. just happened, and we need to keep it going. I'll say, uh, I'll say this: if we're playing a team like. The old Houston Texans, we're up 41 to whatever. I get a sack. I'm doing my sack dance. If we're playing the Arizona Cardinals with when Bruce Arians, the first game back, he's blowing us out 41 to 10. I get a sack. I'm doing my sack dance. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just what it is. You earn the right to be in that position. Yeah. So and, play your position. And big plays aren't handed out. Uh, they no, are. They no, are. Sacks is tough. I'm. I'm do your sack dance. Do your do your dance. Do your dance. Do your. Dance. I literally say that in uh, basically every for the brand video now. Whenever punters celebrate, do your dance, yeah, dude. Really? Let them know about it. <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. Sorry about that. Well, a big thing, Robert. They talk about like, oh, we got to have this taunting rule and clean it up because we don't want kids to see this and and start doing it. Are you seeing any of that with younger kids? I know I coach my kids, and yeah, they they like to talk. I don't care. I think it's cool when they get into it and they're passionate. But are you seeing that when these kids you're training are they coming in like already? So, like taunting more than maybe some kids. Hold on, though, and kids. also, don't you think some of those people are just going to be like that, anyways? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of our, a lot of our student athletes. They come in uh, brash. They like to talk trash, and uh, it's your job to humble them. And uh, we, mm-hmm. ha- I have one in particular. He's he's made a <laughs> he's made a, a huge leap. I call him Super Swag. He uh-huh. came in talking some. I mean, he was garbage, <laughs> <laughs> garbage through the drills. Cause you know, I have another guy, Popeye Williams. So he was more polished. He's been working with us, but Popeye doesn't say anything. Super Swag came in. He was talking. So now he learned to stop talking and start doing. And he's he's one of my most prized uh, uh, pupils now. It, you just have to humble him in the right way. I mean, you. I never like to get. I never like coaches cussing at me growing up. So I'm going to put myself in position to not get cussed at because if you start cussing at me, I'm gonna cuss back, and then we're gonna be cussing. That's gonna be a bigger problem, and you know, it's much so, bigger than the drill we were no, just. No, it's doing. about you in the uh, authority position leading. They're going to follow you. They can, they can see this on TV, but they're going to follow you when it's all said and done. I said that the Ian Rappaport, when the point of emphasis came out, basically, and Rappaport is, he works for the NFL, and he's an insider for the NFL. So he is a, when he's speaking, it's like, hey, this is the NFL speaking. You know, not right. as much as Tom Pelissero, right. but every conversation we have with somebody, we got to know where they're coming from, okay? Right. Ian's speaking for the NFL. And mm-hmm. his big thing was, you know, there's younger guy, the fans watching, and the NFL has a responsibility to not have that become. I'm like, well, why don't the parents tell them, hey, these guys on TV worked 18, 19, 20 years of their lives to get to this point. They just change the trajectory of their kids, their family, their community. They just change everything, and they're allowed to act like that. If you figure that out someday, you can do the Go same ahead. thing. Yep. Now, I am not a coach, though, so I don't know if I would necessarily yes, resonate, but that feels like a message that should also be talked about as opposed to the, oh, well, if they do it on TV, they're going to do it. It's like, can't you just tell them not to? And I assume that it's not as easy as that, but why is that never talked about? Well, what you just said, 
I like that, and I'm going to plagiarize it. So I just took a mental note of that. So I'm going to use that. Okay. So, <laughs> hey, here we go. Look at that, AJ. I'm out no, here coaching. I mean, the responsibility falls on the people in authority. So kids are going to be kids. They, they, they're they going to do what they're going to do. They, they go off what they see. So that said, you have to guide that, that energy and just get it going in the right direction. That hat is awesome. By the way, I just got it today from the Colts, man. Because yeah. that's Ring of Honor hat right there. Is that no? You know, Doug Melton, shout out to Doug, hey, uh, the mail guy. Yeah, I love he, Doug. He always get me right. Man. He get me right. So what so. do you get? You get a ring for the Ring of Honor, or do you, do you get a, a cape? I mean, do you, you get, get a jacket? Ooh, I mean, probably a cookie. I get a jacket, a nice jacket, a uh, tailor made jacket. Uh, it's pretty sweet too. Yeah, because I've seen yeah. a couple of the other celebrations, and you see like uh, Peyton's got a jacket. It's it's like the Hall of Fame. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's basically the jacket is. is a is an incredible thing. Vinatieri's not too far behind, I don't think. Yeah, he's next. You got to know he's next. Who's who else? Bob too, right? We got Bob Dallas, uh, Tart Glenn. There's a lot. Like when I, Gary Bright, you got all these guys, man. You I was walking play. out of uh, Freeney celebration last year mm-hmm. or two years ago. I was walking out, and somebody said, uh, "Hey, Pat, you're you're next, whatever." I was like, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> there is a long, do not even say, there is a long list of legends that still have to get up there because it's it doesn't happen as often, I think, Once as, a year. as good of a run that was. I don't think there's as many happenings to add to the Ring of Honor as there has to be. They might, they might need to do twice a year. That's what I'm it's saying. A, it's a log jam. Yeah. Right now. It was a lot of great coach guys that, that played in the 2000s. That team so, was fucking unbelievable. Yeah, I got to catch literally the tail end of it in watching that operation mm-hmm. and then kind of taking that information going forward mm-hmm. was always very fascinating, even though I was too young to be able to really say anything that mattered. <laughs> Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Max Crosby. I think he was like a third or fourth um, round pick. And in the same draft, they took Clellan Farrell, like the fourth overall pick. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you think some guys who get drafted later like completely exceed expectations versus others? Who are you know like top you. ten All picks? Like you, yeah. A lot of that is uh, some guys are just late bloomers. Like you have Jerry Hughes in Buffalo. Oh. He can't. He's a first round pick, mm-hmm. so he thrived in college. But when he got to us, he wasn't ready to take that step yet. And you had Dwight and myself there to groom him, so he saw and just learned what we did. He went to went to Buffalo and just took off. So yeah. he was a, a late bloomer. Uh, other guys is is they got to be in the right system. And also the right coach. Somebody, you, some, you simply got to pull some of that stuff out. So, uh, Max is a he's a dog. I, I <laughs> yeah. like I like his game. Have you ever I, met him? No, I talked to him. I talked to him uh, for the first time. I told him, "Look, man, I need to work with you. Yeah, let me let me let me work with you. You did an outside spin a few times. I like it. It's a little. It's a little. What was uh, a little, Hold on. I can, what I can was refine that, that. What was that fucking thing you did to Costanzo? No. Oh, what was it? What was it? it was in? Uh, We're gonna. Look, Cassandra doesn't deserve this. Okay, Cassandra doesn't deserve this. With the fake spin? What was it? You did a, it was like a double spin. I forget what it was. I'm watching it on film in my head, (laughs) and I can't remember what it was. You you faked. It was a fake out. It's a fake in, fake in, outside spin, duck under. Oh, yes. No! That was awesome. <laughs> I, I think the crowd think we planned that. that oh awesome. my! Come God. on, finish the move, man. I yeah. did. I ducked under. <laughs> I ducked under the block. Not That's exactly down. what happened in the film I saw. Jeez Louise, dude! Guard came and picked you up there. Yeah. Yeah. Especially one on one. You got chipped. You got chipped. Yeah, you got chipped. 
<laughs> That's what happens when you're rushing with uh, Mathis and Freeney, dude. Yeah, it's hard to rush an Air Force One, man. Oh, well, this going to be sticky. Yeah, and they're also going to be scuffed and drenched. <laughs> yeah. They done. I mean, they are. They done. Hey, shout yeah. out. Shout out to the next pair. These yeah. guys had a good run. These guys had a good run. Good run. I ice picked that thing. You see that ice pick? That's clean. Jeez Louise, dude. Chip lock. All right. I don't even fucking know where we go from there. <laughs> hey, let's get to a break. All right, we're gonna, hey, will you stick around on the other side here? Yeah. You probably you have some work today, I assume, at some point? A little later, but I'm, I'm okay right now. All right, let's celebrate this semifinal Hall of Fame. Let's yeah. Go. Hey, this is a massive ordeal. In your first year? Hey, I'm thankful, man. <laughs> what, is there a heads up, like an email, like, hey, you're being considered for this year, or is this, when did you find out? Oh, uh, I got a call from the guy at the NFL Network last week. He just said... We're going to do a show next week. Don't tell anybody. You told me, though. I did. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So sorry for interrupting, but the holidays are just around the corner. Are you looking for the perfect gift for your loved ones? The past year has taught us how important sharing moments with friends and family actually is and how hard it is to stay in touch when they're far away. Skylight is the perfect gift for that. Skylight Frame is a photo frame you can update instantly by email from anywhere. It sets up effortlessly in under six seconds. Just plug it in, use the touchscreen to connect to your wireless network, and enjoy. It's so simple that even my non-tech-savvy mom and dad could set it up and use it. (laughs) You get it. It is very easy to set up. Multiple people can send photos to the frame, so it's a great way to keep large networks of friends and families in touch. It comes in a black frame and white mat, so it looks like a real photo frame that adds a beautiful touch to your home. Now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter code McAfee. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter code McAfee. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com, promo code M-C-A-F-E-E. Keep in touch with the friends and the family that aren't necessarily around every day with Skylight. Back to the show. Hey, that's going to happen oh, in the very near future, mm-hmm. even if it's not this year, by the way. And I don't know how you're viewing it. How are you viewing it? Is this something where make or break for you emotionally? I hope not. No. Okay, good. What happens when they, if they don't? <laughs> what happens if they don't? Uh, my feelings are not hurt. I'm not sensitive. So if, whenever my time comes, it comes. So I understand this is you have to be voted in. Yes. So a lot of players, you just can't really just getting your feelings about that. So, so so how does it work? Have you learned about the process yet? Will they teach it? Like Chap, I think, has to pitch you, right? Mike Chappell? Mike, yeah, he has a vote, I think, for this market. And uh, they just have to vote on in the media. It's a media, more of a media-driven award. So that's why a lot of big uh, big media like New York and Dallas, they can they can kind of push a little harder. Yeah. But I, you can't really just put a lot of stock into that. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, it's fascinating. Whenever it's not something that you can just win outright, you, it mm-hmm. has to be voted upon. And right. I might be wrong in this, but I think there's a difference between sport and competition. So in a sport, I think you can win outright by yourself. In a competition, the judge decides. Now, boxing judges can decide, but you can win outright. So I think it's in that thing. But I think if you, and by the way, both require incredible athleticism, both competition and sport. But I think whenever you can't win something outright by yourself, and it has to be determined by other people. There's always an added, like, yeah. 
You know, it's you're kind of torn on it. When you get it, you're going to be pumped. Yeah. But you have like thinking ahead, you have no idea what's going to happen, right? I mean, that's true. That's true because you have a lot of gates involved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Yeah, there's a lot of conversation. <laughs> there's a lot of gates that could yeah, potentially like pop sc- up. Scandals. Uh, joining yeah. us now, AJ Hawkgate. Uh, this is <laughs> fall asleep while he drives. Gate. The uh, AJ, you all right, man? Happy to see you back. Yeah, I'm doing great. It wasn't, uh, I don't know, it wasn't ringing through my computer. Hey, that's been happening to me. I got this new phone and it hasn't been connecting. I haven't been able to connect to some people. They said I'm getting an update tonight. Why do they always got to be glitchy? What the hell's going on? Especially the new ones. You should be ready to go. I just, hey, you're $45,000. Yeah. Yeah. New operator usually does that, though. Fucking figure it (laughs) out. Uh, Robert, I'm going to ask you about a couple things. AJ is as well happening around the NFL. Aaron Rodgers' uh, toe. Him not telling us how he hurt it or did hurt it, and how big of a deal do you think it is? And your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers? I love Aaron. Okay. Hey, I, I love Aaron. Even though he's a quarterback, I love Aaron. Uh, that toe is serious. Uh, I don't know if it's turf toe or whatever the case, but that's a serious injury. Is that something you know about a quarterback if they have it? If you're rushing, obviously. Oh, absolutely. You can't bend. You can't walk. You have to walk flat-footed because that big toe does not bend. So that's a very serious injury. That uh, a lot of people think is insignificant because it's. What if it was a pinky toe though? Yeah, yeah. You're just soft now. You, oh, so, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it might be. It might be what it is though. It yeah, might be if a, it's pinky. a pinky toe. He can get through that, you know. But if it's a if it's the big toe or the second metal tarsal, when which I broke my last year, my very last game playing, and they had to put a pin in my foot. Oh, and cut damn. my and cut my bunion off. No, so, <laughs> lost your bunion. I lost my bunion, man. Lost bunion. I lost my bunion. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> that bunion and those sandals. <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. Well, you said your second metatarsal, so that is what the second next toe. to your pinky. No, it's next to the big toe. Okay, so we're going one, two, three, starting one with the big toe. We had a debate yesterday what toe Aaron was talking about. Yeah. So. What do you say? Well, that's what we still don't know. <laughs> yeah, it could be big toe, it could be pinky toe. Yeah. Yeah, we, one or the other. We're not 100% sure. But Wall Street Journal said uh, that it was COVID toe. COVID toe. Yeah. He did yeah. get COVID-19, uh, they said. Yeah. COVID. Uh-huh. But Aaron said it was a bone situation. Didn't Gumpy's guy say if it's a it, – that, that's more of like a tissue thing, right? And swelling, not a bone. Well, COVID does seem to be a fungus and a grow <laughs> type thing. Swole, but yeah. Don't stop Wall Street Journal from thinking <laughs> that because he did drop little seeds of what it could be throughout the interview. Uh, structural damage, mm-hmm. basically. It's worse than turf toe. Oh, so this dude fractured his... He fractured his toe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now he won't tell us how it happened, which makes me wonder. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was definitely taking a piss. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Definitely taking a piss and walking, and that's how that whole thing happened. Maybe he just didn't want to say it. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. Let's go. Um, <laughs> let's talk about MCDC up there in Detroit. Have you seen the way he operates? They might go completely defeated. He was crying a few weeks ago because he was so invested. Now there's no way he maintains that amount of commitment to that team at this point, right? Uh. (laughs) 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 Hey, shout out to my man Trey Flowers, man. That's all I will say. Trey Flowers. Yeah, just let's just. just, You think they stink up there? Got no chance. Stick, stick to the script, man. (laughs) (laughs) Just just stick to it, man. You think they stink up there, huh? No chance. Why are some places better than others? They got the players, so I mean, I remember going through a two and fourteen season, and it was just a bunch of, you know. Not good shit, shit going on everywhere. Though. Yeah, just everything was just just suck, you know. So it's just a kind of it's their season right now. So just get through it, hit the reset button, and just move forward. I'm not in a position to comment because I don't know much about what's going on up there. Besides the bottom line, your your record said your record indicates you are 
what you indicate. Yep, indicates. How to, how to, okay. Yeah, is it a record? Again. Edit. Bop, drop yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, two and. One. Your record says. What's well, three? <laughs> hey, three. you suck, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. Robert, you said you coached. Uh, what was it like? I guess, was it what you expected? You, you, I'm sure you knew, like, the time commitment. Yeah, it's crazy, but I would imagine once you get in there and you're living it day in and day out, like, wow, this is a different world. Like, how was that? It is a commitment that is, is, is so different than what you're used to as a player. You used to come in, just come in the building, do what you're supposed to do, and get out. Coaches, it's okay. You got meetings, practice. You got to deal with players, whatever issues they're dealing with. Afterwards, after the players leave, is meetings, watching film, and desk garden, and busy work, and desk garden. Yeah, desk garden. It's like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I, I watch. I've watched film. I've done my report. Why am I still here? Why can't I go home? You don't have a, you can't, it's no set time to, to clock out. I heard a story about Bill Belichick. <laughs> he had a, I heard that he had a, he had two, two, two of the same cars. So the player, the coaches can't leave until they see that car leave. So he will park that one car, but have his other car that he's going. No! Legend. I said, I can't, I don't know if it's, it's, it's confirmed. Somebody needs to confirm this, but it was like, Wow. By the way, how deep into not doing jack shit while you're still at the building are you guys that you're telling stories about <laughs> Bill Belichick? <laughs> <laughs> well, you go get some coffee, go to the weight room, uh, go in the training room, go mess with Aaron Burrell, you know, these Love guys, that. talk some shit, come back to the office, look around, uh, leave again, <laughs> uh, watch film, do your reports, come hey. back and go back and mess with Aaron now. AJ, uh, by the way, the training room and the equipment staff are backbones of buildings that don't get yeah. enough credit as personalities and as hard workers. Uh, they are needed and I hope Hard Knocks does showcase some of those characters mm -hmm. we have behind the scenes. You got to get T and Frog oh, on that show. Have T to. and Frog. You got to get those two on there. I agree. So, Frog's the best. Um, oh, we have AJ and I. Why is his name Frog? Uh, there's one. I guess there was one day there was one day he has this incredible ability to do like a catcher stance, you know, like uh, like down squat like this. Mm -hmm. And he was doing snapping or something. And somebody screamed like from across the, hey, that guy looks like a frog. And it was frog just locked in just from there. I think that is how if I've recalling correct, he's a legend of yeah. a human. Yes, he is. He and T both. And then the entire training staff, that's the equipment staff, everyone training. It's a lot of great people. Um <laughs> I, was, I forget what I was going to ask you about. It was a fucking good one, too, I thought. I thought you were going to give a really good answer. Uh, let's go to Connor. Connor, what's your question? Uh, God, it was so good, I thought. You think you would hate the hard knocks in the facility that the Colts got going on right now, or do you think that's something you'd be open to? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm old school, so yeah. I don't think that would have fit what we did, <laughs> especially with Peyton in that building. No, sir. How about how about the conspiracies that uh, another team is potentially watching during training camp and shit? That was real. When I got to the NFL my first couple of years, there was mm -hmm. the thought that New England was either flying a hot air balloon over <laughs> practice or everything like that. Now they actually have <laughs> cameras in every single room, right? It's wild. It's a very, very different thing. Yeah. Uh, if you can give, get, get, gather some info or intel, hey, by all means. It's, I mean, it's out to the public, but uh, – if you have 
microphones in the ceiling in the locker rooms over in, in you know in a visiting locker room then that's another thing you know uh, who's oh. doing that? Yeah. man i don't know oh. <laughs> Confirm nor deny. AJ, you guys have any uh, microphones in the guest locker room uh, or visitor locker room? Fess up, dude. Not that, <laughs> not that I know. I mean, microphones are better than them putting cameras in your visiting locker room, don't you think? Yeah, well, yeah. it depends on who you got in there, obviously. <laughs> but uh, the thought of – we'll go through all the teams that you, you potentially – so it wasn't the Packers, I don't think. It wasn't mm. the Steelers. No. No. Well, no. I don't know who it is, man. No, yeah, you don't know. Patriots. No, know. it just seemed like they knew stuff that nobody else knew. Man. Yeah, fascinating. Well, you talked to a guy that said something about Bill before the uh, hey, Bill, some games. Bill Belichick, Tom Brady was, and it would make sense if he had every locker room mic'd somehow. Tom Brady basically said that on Saturdays before games, Bill would come up to him and say, like, hey, this is going to happen. And then, boom, it would happen, and then just keep it moving. And then we talked to other people that were in that building, and he's like, oh, every game, basically, he's telling, like, hey, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. Is he the best football IQ of all time? That's what everybody would just have to think, I guess. The y'all who we thought they They are who we thought they were. They, this this man in the arena is pretty pretty cool. It is pretty cool to watch like how that whole operation <clears throat> kind of went down. What they're allowing us to see, I guess, is the yeah. thing. Go ahead, Dix. Robert, you talked about reaching out to Max Crosby and say, "Hey, let me get with you a little bit." Um, so Demarcus Lords gets hurt with Cowboys, and Micah Parsons, who was a middle linebacker in college, gets moved outside. Now he's got eight sacks as a rookie. Like, what do you think about him? Is that a guy that you're like, "Hey, let's get together"? <laughs> yeah. He obviously has a special trait. Uh, if he can play two positions and he got drafted at a, he, at one position mm-hmm. and he's thriving at the other position, they got them one. So he's definitely a guy I would love to train as well. Similar to you, so, right? Kind of it feels like the way who, he plays. I, I couldn't play linebacker for shit. No. He's, <laughs> he's on a whole nother level. I'm talking about build athlete-wise with what how he's playing. It, no, he's a lot smaller than Robert. Really? No. He's like 6'4". Is he that tall? He like, he's like 6'4", 230, 230, Jeez. 240. Okay. Damn. All right. I mean, I'm bigger than I thought. I'm six feet. <laughs> <laughs> He's 6'3", 245 is what Zito just said Jeez. in the back. All right. Well, Robert, I thought he was I smaller. I did yeah, too. No, I thought, dude. Robert, I thought you're 6'5", 275, with 2% body fat. That's how you look when you play. No. I got on the. Six feet, 235. I got on a scale after Robert a couple times and I weighed more than him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I need to stop eating it. Dang, that is something I need yeah. to stop. Yeah, slow. <laughs> slow. Um, how about the reviewing? How do you feel about the reviewing of uh, calls? So right now, they, it feels like sporadically, they'll have a review with a Hawkeye system that they took allegedly from maybe the XFL or tennis or something, and they'll they'll go down in the ear of the ref and he'll say, after discussion, we're picking this up and we're moving on. It doesn't happen in every game. It feels like it only happens in some games. I think this is very good for everything going forward. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on it as an old school player? I'll, well, if they get it right, then I'm for it. But it's, it's it looks like there's a lot of experimental stuff going on this season. But in order to move the game a little faster – I, I, I kind of like it. Me too. They just kind of just, just need to pick a lane and get in it and stay in it. What do you think about the refs as a whole? I hate refs. The whole, the whole, all of them, man. Oh, no. I don't like refs. Not at all. No, Especially I don't like them. None of them. Me neither, by the way. I mean, I, I, I understand nobody wants to be a ref, but golly, let's figure well, it out. My thing is make them full-time employees. Yeah. So, therefore, if you mess up like a, in a, an egregious fuck-up, you can get fined too. 
because players can't players and coaches can't speak on some egregious stuff that happened that 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 would alter the outcome of a game. But and the and the refs just get off scot free, send them a letter saying, okay. My bad on Monday, but no, we just lost the game because yeah. of this one call. You know, you pl- you play hard for fifty nine minutes and fifty eight seconds, out, and one call can just mess up the whole outcome of a game. And all they get is a don't do it anymore. Yeah, no, man, find find them too. Yeah, especially in this multi billion mm-hmm. billion billion yeah. billion dollar business that we Absolutely. have, they are a massive part of it. To think that they're part time or not full time is absurd. And then Dean Blandino, obviously the Fox Rules expert, alongside Mike Pereira and Terry McCauley, uh, spoke to Peter King of Football Morning in America about exactly what you just actually said. Dean Blandino said mm-hmm. that it could be a good idea. Dean Blandino said a lot of people don't see it as a solution, but I think Jeez. it certainly would be from a perception standpoint. A positive Officials wouldn't have other jobs taking away from the NFL job exactly what they'd be doing all season. I am not sure, but people who spend more time on their craft are going to be better at it. He'd go on to say other things. Terry McCauley now of NBC, he would tell Peter King this. Uh, He'd say, I don't believe it would make officiating better in any way, shape, or form. Okay, so not in any way, shape, or or, or form, it will not get better. The only way it would possibly improve an official's life is there wouldn't be the stress added to your life that a full-time job adds. So that would be your first sentence, sir, being corrected right here. Then let's add, I used to get home from a Sunday game, maybe 11 or 12 o'clock at night, and I'd be at my desk as a computer fucking scientist at 6 a.m. the next morning, there really wasn't much downtime. That really would be the only pro. A few years ago, the NFL had a program where some officials were full-time employees. 21, they, they stopped it or whatever, for whatever reason, he'd go on. Hey, Terry, that's exactly what we're fucking talking about. Maybe at 6 a.m., as opposed to being a computer scientist, you're looking back at the game and getting better as an official. That would make it better in some shape, form, or way, yeah. Terry McCauley. But yeah. that is the problem. You have some people, Terry McCauley's probably in a position of power, and there's a lot of like-minded people thinking like him. It's like, just because you're old school doesn't mean you can't adapt and become better. That's hey, just- Pat, but do the refs, do, you, do the current refs right now, if you pull them, do they want to be full-time employees? I don't know. And what's the payment, I guess? Because some of them are lawyers, right? They're like, yeah, like, a lot of them are lawyers making probably some pretty good cash. Well, well don't do it. Well, yeah, yeah. sometimes yeah. there's sacrifices to be in the goddamn NFL. You're right. That's right. Ain't that right, Robert? Absolutely. As a man, your woman, your children, and your money, those are three things that men do not play around with. And two of those are off the table. So if you mess up, you should start touching their pockets just like these guys are getting affected with a bad call. Yeah. Hey. I said what I said. And if they're full-time, by the way, in the offseason, they're not allowed the, – the quote was something like they weren't allowed to do anything until April 15th or something. It's like take them to a camp. Like, yeah. Can, yeah. can we not do a seminar of some sort at a hotel? Yeah. Jack of all trades, master of none, or you can master this and just and be a professional at it and it, just not – and. and Less, and it's less likely you're going to mess up these calls. Hey, man, could you imagine, like, when Ed Hockey League goes to negotiate he what he's making versus some other ref, and there's, like, some young upstart oh. ref, like, oh, this, not fucking up a lot of stuff here. <laughs> not a lot of, oh, this, he's going to set, he's going to set a new record for referee contracts. I mean, that would be. Why not? The money's there. And there's only going to be more with gambling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, there's a lot of money in the sports gambling world. Yeah. It's probably going to be more scrutiny because of that, too. With a the lot. There's a lot of money. So much money. Cartoon money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hilarious money. Yeah, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of money. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much money that people might even say it aloud while potentially negotiating about said money. Yeah. Maybe. Like, hey, this is 
This is cartoon money, actually. Money. And what if they ref the USFL in the spring, too? They do the NFL job, and then in the spring, they're getting more reps doing the, the spring leagues that yeah. pop up. Here we go. And then the NFL would have to be associated with USFL, which the NFL probably doesn't want to be because then they were saying yeah. it's a feeder. They could test new rules, though, with the USFL. I think they said they already planned on doing that, right? And some of like the technology that they don't want to use in the NFL yet, they're going to use it in the USFL broadcast. So Fox is saying that about the broadcast coverage or the refereeing and everything? Uh, I believe both. So I, I would assume that the NFL will watch them do it mm-hmm. and then take their idea. I don't know if they're going to like say, hey, try this out. You know, make, I don't it, know. make it look like it's their idea, and then they'll implement it. Yeah, smart. They'll tweak it a little bit. Okay, look what we came up with, and it's going to be what the USL, USFL did that was successful probably three months before. All right, we're, uh, we're wrapping up uh, Hour 3 here with Robert Matheson Studio. Let's answer some phone calls here before uh, beautiful Thanksgiving tomorrow. Yeah, here we yeah. go. Yeah. Hey, I'd like to give some early thanks. Okay. Yeah. To Robert for hanging out with us in the studio. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Robert. Robert. Hey, Robert. <laughs> Appreciate you. Hey, good luck. Yeah, don't, call him, don't call him Bob the second he leaves, though. <laughs> who? I know how you, you get. That who would be you? You call me Bob. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah. It was a microphone throw. You yeah. see, this microphone's been around a long time. A lot of Some uh, green chip tea. blocks. Green tea. Yeah. 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 Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, go to, uh, let's go to Dallas. Let's go to Eric in <clears throat> Dallas on the 5 Energy phone line. Go to 5 energycom Use promo code MACFEE to receive 10% off your order. What's going on, Eric, in the Big D? <laughs> Pat, AJ, boys, what's going on? Nothing, man. Pat, AJ, boys, all right. I got a uh, hot take for Thanksgiving. All right, let's I'm going to paint you a little picture. I'm going to paint you a little picture. You get your plate, all the food's out, right? Grab your turkey, grab your mashed potatoes, grab your stuffing. Grab your base. And at the very end, slap some ketchup on that turkey. Yes, all right. That's not a hot take. That's smart. You put ketchup on everything. That's... That's blasphemous. No. Who the fuck's putting oh, oh. ketchup on her Thanksgiving On the dry ass? No. What? Yeah. No, no, no. Get yourself yeah. a goddamn butterball, moist turkey. No, no, no. That's what the gravy is. I gravy. only eat the drumsticks. I only eat drumsticks anyway, so I would never ever think about think dipping the Are you putting gravy. ketchup on your drumsticks? Never in a yeah, million years. Exactly. Okay. This ain't a fucking Tuesday night in oh, the you know middle about? of January. This is Thanksgiving. No, I'm talking about that very bland, dry turkey by people who try to eat gravy. Oh. Use ketchup every other day. Or you get a goddamn butterball and make sure it's nice and moist. <laughs> Who's cooking your turkey? That's so you got to spatchcock that yes, thing and make do. it moist. No, right. no disrespect to anybody yeah. that's ever made me a turkey. <laughs> no disrespect. No disrespect. No disrespect. I, I'm a drumstick. I'm a drumstick guy. It was not your fault. It was my my palate is too. What do you? Uh, what do we? What's your favorite side on Thanksgiving, Robert? Stuffing. Oh. Nah. No. Yeah. Mashed, mashed potatoes, whatever. Mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes. No, I just, just, I just sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving! Let's go to uh, Sean in Wisconsin. Sean, what's going on? That's awesome. What's going on, Pat? AJ? Hey, just hanging, man. How are you? Happy Thanksgiving! Happy Thanksgiving! Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, man. Hey, I mean, I'm a long-time listener, first-time caller, man. I just wanted to give a shout-out to you, shout-out to the boys, shout-out to Ty Schmidt. Happy Thanksgiving. Shout-out. Shout-out. Shout-out, Robert. Shout-out. Shout-out, shout out, He did, AJ. Oh, shout okay. Wow. <laughs> shout-out. Shout-out. Oh, that was it. All right, see All right. you, man. Thank you. Right, right, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. Grateful. All right. That was amazing. <laughs> Joining us now is a coach who has fought other coaches before. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not with his fist, but with his brain. Oh, yeah. 
a man who's outwitted the best of them and has been around football for a long, long time. And every Wednesday he stops by to not only give us insight and incredible football knowledge, but a great look on life. Oh, yeah. yeah. Day before Thanksgiving, I couldn't think of a better person to send us out into the holiday in a better fashion. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Chuck Pagano. Hey, Chuck! Chuck, how you doing? What's up, fellas? Hey, great to see you. Thank you for making this work today. I I didn't know who should go at what time slot, and then my initial thought was Chuck at 3.05, after hours, sends us into Thanksgiving. It'll be a high. Then we had to move some stuff, and then you're back here. I appreciate you doing this for us, Coach. How are you doing? We're doing great. Uh, I got so much going on, I don't know how I can squeeze you guys in, to be honest with you, you know? (laughs) You guys jerk me around like this again on the <laughs> uh, happy Thanksgiving! Oh, we're doing we're doing great. Getting ready for uh, Thanksgiving, like you talked about. Happy Thanksgiving to you guys, all your families. Uh, we all have a bunch to to be grateful and thankful for. So uh, it's going to be fun to enjoy this with the family. All right, happy Gabagool to you and the family as well. And we got Hey, hey, so. I was I was listening to you guys. Maybe it was Ian who said it. You know, he talked about, you know, usually don't get fired after a win. Shoot, I got a game ball and fired. <laughs> <laughs> Great work, Chuck. <laughs> you, uh, you, you remember, right? Oh, funny. I wasn't there for that. You, you had one year left after I was gone. I didn't get a chance to see that uh, last year there whenever, you know, all hell broke loose, basically. Yeah, it was a little bit crazy. Well, I, we're all thankful that we're at this point in time right now. Let's talk about a team that you were with last year, and we've chatted about this a few times, where your life is much different than being the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator, obviously. A lot of smoke coming out of Chicago with Nagy's job. Is that just something you have to understand, being a head coach in the NFL with the outcome that you've had? Or is it always like behind the scenes you think it's just a little bit of discontent and bubbling over since you were there so recently? No, first of all, I was uh, grateful for my time there. What a great organization, iconic, uh, as we all know. You know, um, Papa Bear Hallis, I mean, the whole the whole nine yards, oh, yeah. you know. So great organization, grateful uh, to coach for giving me an opportunity after I was fired to come in there and be his defensive coordinator. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. And uh, I think we all know, I've mentioned it a thousand times, you know, that we all know what we signed up for uh, as coaches. We know what we signed up for as players. We know it's a bottom line business. There's a lot of things um, that are out of your control. Uh, you know, injuries, uh, you know, draft. This guy works. This guy doesn't work. So, you know, here we are in, in year four, you know, of Coach Nagy's regime and, and uh, not going the way that any of them planned. So uh, you hate to see this. You don't, you don't wish it on, on anybody, especially, you know, who suffers the most is the families. You know, and you, you read about, you know, I, I think about my wife, you know, and my kids and what they had to listen to, you know, at the end. Uh, you know, it just, it just sucks because we can take it, you know, as coaches and, and play, you can take that stuff. You don't ever want to hear it, but, um, you know, but what they go through and then you listen to what's happening there, you know, with the, with the booing and the, the chants and this, that and the other. But you really feel bad for the families. You feel bad for, for coach's wife and then his, his kid to have to listen to that kind of thing. You know, at at a high school, uh, you know, football game, whatever it was, you know, it's just it's it's awful. You know, can you imagine having young kids and, you know, going to they're going to school, you know, whether it's high school, elementary, because kids are mean, 
you know, and with social media the way it is now, kids are just natural. I mean, not all of them, but most, a lot of them are just mean, especially the girls. But um, <laughs> the stuff that the stuff that they say, I mean, it's it's hard. So yeah, you hate that part of it, but we all realize what we signed up for. So anyway, hey Chuck, if you were a head coach in Nagy's shoes right now, like what a weird situation. They play tomorrow on Thanksgiving. This report comes out. Who knows if there's any truth to it that they they claim. They were told him, we're going to fire you after this game, which I don't understand that why you would do it that way. But if you're an Aggie, do you, tell, do you address it with the team? Like, how do, you, how do you go about a normal work week when all of this is going around? Blinders and earmuffs, man. Just <laughs> don't, listen, don't listen to the noise. I mean, we say, we say it all the time, but, it, but it's the truth because you can't. You can go out there and say, hey, look, we got a job to do. You guys have a job to do. I got a job to do. And until they kick me out of this freaking building or they cut you guys, we're going to win a football game. Bottom line, that's it. You know, and so don't listen to any of that stuff. And again, until they, you know, jerk the whistle uh, from around my neck and, and, and tell me to hit the streets, we're, we got to go. We got a game to play. What type of whistle do you use? Fox 40? Ooh. Oh. So when I was a little kid growing up, we'd hear this. We'd hear that one, right? Jeez, so we'd be, I could be two blocks away down the street playing with the Fred. You know, it's back when you could send your kids, you know, out in the morning and come home before the street lights, you know, shut off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hear that whistle. I come hauling ass home. <laughs> What's up, Ma? Dad wants to see you. He's downstairs. Dad's downstairs. <clears throat> hey. I, hey, Dad, what you need? He's on the couch. Hey, can you change the channel? <laughs> like, you got to be kidding me, right? So that was back in the day, obviously, when we didn't have the remotes and, and the voice-activated deals and all that stuff. But, Are you folding yeah, your I, tongue there? Are you folding your tongue back there? Or are you just using your finger? How are you? Are you, at a, you seem to be a very high-level whistler. Yeah, what, how do, what do the fingers do for you? I've never been able to do that. You know, like a lot of things I can't explain. I can't explain that one. But you just put those two things. And I've tried to teach my kids. It's funny because my daughters, you know, my granddaughters, they all, hey, Papa, how do you do that? What, what's the trick to that whole thing? I said, just stick the pinkies in the mouth. <laughs> put the tongue up next to it. Get a little blow and there you go. <laughs> uh, comes very naturally to you. That's fantastic. You're born to be a coach, obviously. You can whistle better than everybody else. Uh, let's talk about Thanksgiving football. Turkey, uh, Turkey Bowl is obviously a huge thing throughout your entire life. We got to play one. I don't know how many you were a part of, but I know that we played the Pittsburgh Steelers one particular evening. It didn't work out in our favor, but obviously huge deal to play on Thanksgiving in America. What do you think these coaches are thinking going into tomorrow's game? Yeah, everybody's everybody's watching and there's, you know, there's a lot on the line. I know, you know, you look up the matchups and all that stuff, but you know, forget that. Hey, listen, we're playing on on Thanksgiving. I mean, we all grew up as kids, right? Couldn't wait till Thanksgiving Day. You know, you had your own uh, turkey bowl. We, we're having our turkey bowl. I haven't played in the turkey bowl yet in 37 years. So our whole family gets together. We'll play in the turkey bowl. Oh, we'll, oh you're playing? We'll watch game. Oh, oh, yeah, quarterback. Oh. I, I, I used him. to I said, be able to only sing way, it. Only, way, only reason I'm playing, only way I'll play is I get to play quarterback. So, <laughs> I mean, we all grew we all grew up watching 
you know, our teams and the Cowboys and, and the Lions and the Lions, the Tiger, whatever. But um, they're telling their, hey, look, we're the only, you know, show on TV right now. And we've got, like you said, it's it's uh, it's a celebration. I mean, it's it's historical playing on Thanksgiving. And, and we had to play the Steelers on that short week, obviously. And, and uh, you know, 28 to 7 was a game. We didn't have Andrew. Andrew got, we beat the Titans on the uh, previous Sunday. Andrew got concussed, couldn't play, if you remember. I do. Uh, Scotty, Scotty Tolzien started. And the highlight, the only highlight we had was, your fake punt and completion of 35 yards to Come Derek Swope to set up our only score of the game. So kudos to you, Pat. I appreciate you taking the week serious, the short week, and coming out <laughs> and showing up and playing your ass off on Thanksgiving. But Thank you. yeah, it's uh, it's it's you know it's history. It's it's such a, a fabulous time of the year, obviously. And um, again, you get as a coach and as a player, you want to go out, you want to win. You know, and then you got another mini buy, you know, that you're looking at. So there's a lot of good things there. I had to punt to Antonio Brown, too. People forget. Um. So I did have a completion. Antonio Brown was a returner. He was a fucking nightmare. And he had taken <laughs> one back to the house already. It was quite a Thanksgiving there. I got called to the carpet uh, just two days after that game, too. Uh, obviously, everybody thought I played great. Go ahead, AJ. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? What happened? I want to know more about that. Nah, no, nah, it was just a conversation to be had about a photo. It really changed a lot of uh, direction. Oh, in my the... Life. the where you put out the picture of Andrew in the locker room? No, came out. no, that was a playoff game. Yeah, that, was the, that was in Thanksgiving. <laughs> Have a little respect. Much different situation. Much different situation. Chuck, ask, so ask if question. you had a player on your team, what would happen? Like, how difficult was it, I guess, to where you have like a high-maintenance punter that you have to always worry about what he's tweeting, what's going on outside of the facility? Like, I, I, You understand if it's like a receiver or DB or something, but when your punter is giving you headaches, like, how do you deal with that? Let him know, Chuck. Let him know. Yeah. Yeah. You could always count on, you know, uh, Pat to spicing things up, you know, and, and uh, always thing I've always looked for a little note under my door, some letter from the GM, you know, and I look, I just look to the bottom, look at the top and see whose name, who's in violation, you know, and, and yeah, there's old Pat. And then, cause I'm allowed, I wasn't big on social media. I didn't follow that stuff. I didn't have a fake Twitter account and, and ask the coaches to have fake Twitter accounts and follow these players and listen. You know, they they probably had enough guys doing, obviously. Does that, that happen stuff. all over now? I think so. I think so. You have to, you know, in this day and age. And um, I think we had three or four assigned to Pat. You know, he garnered that much attention. You know, <laughs> a lot of followers. Yeah, so. A lot of followers. Pretty good but, on there. No, I mean, you, the personality is the personality, and you love it. Because one thing I will say – you know, and kudos to Robert. I just watched your whole deal with Robert, and, and congratulations to him. And I'm obviously going to be there, uh, you know, this weekend and uh, for his induction into the Ring of Honor and now semifinalist for the Hall of Fame. What a great teammate. What a great player. What a great human being. I mean, that guy brought it every single day. And, uh, and Pat, I will say this. You know, you might have landed, you know, in the doghouse a few times here or there because of, you know, photos and you know, just being yourself, uh, which has obviously paid big dividends now, <laughs> yeah. today, as we look at that. Hindsight. Um, yeah. But you always came to work. You know, you always came to work, you know, and, and you were a great pro and you, you showed up and you're really good at what you did. So, um, yeah, we could have, you know, dealt with a little bit less distractions here and there, but we're not going to What a moment. I mean, there was a couple in there that were fantastic, but I, I, I don't know. It's just... And I don't know how other punters are, AJ. 
I felt like I did have some respect in the locker room. I think I had some respect in the locker room. You had a ton room. of respect. I'm not saying he didn't have respect. I was, no, I was but, a, but a the joking thing, question. No, but the, I understand that, but it leads to a real answer. I mean, I was fined like damn near $100,000 for shit. Like, what are we even doing <laughs> That's here? That's the GM, though. That wasn't Chuck finding you. Well, Chuck caught a couple ricochet fuck yous, too, from a few of them, and, and he did not deserve them at all. Chuck did not deserve them at all. But I did feel as if, like, my personality is a natural one where I am not scared. Like, I am not scared. So if, to say something, like if something has to be said, okay, I'll do it. I felt like I had enough feel in the locker room on how people were feeling. So I was like, okay, with being like, hey, this is going to be a problem. And I'm okay to do it. But it is a very fascinating thing when you're just a punter, you know? Like, it was a, it was a weird, it was a weird thing for me. I couldn't even imagine what it was like for you and for the GM or for anybody else walking in that situation because... I don't know how many other motherfuckers are like me. I, I, I assume there's a lot, but I, I haven't met them yet. Let's go to, uh, let's go to um, the Football Morning in America. Dean Blandino and Terry McCauley had two very different takes on full-time refs. Okay, Terry McCauley was like, nah, won't help in any shape or fashion. I guess maybe I wouldn't have to be a computer scientist at 6 a.m. on Monday morning after calling a Sunday night game, which that would maybe help or whatever. Yeah, of course it would, dude. Like when you're Bozo, focusing on it. What do you Come think on. about the refs? You got to sit in there in New York with the refs, and you've, I think, seen it now as a head coach, assistant coach. You were in there for your year in between coaching stints with Indianapolis and Chicago. How do you feel about it? Did it change your view on things? Did you agree it was harder? And how come there isn't full-time jobs, you think, for these refs? Yeah, I think we all understand and have a gr appreciation for how tough that job is, how tough all our jobs in the National Football League. And I think all those guys, you know, at 345 Park Avenue uh, on the fifth, fifth floor in the AMGC know how I feel as far as, you know, officiating goes and full-time or not. I, I just can't – I equate it to, you know, coaching and playing. If we just, you know – did you know kind of part-time preparation the quality and the product that we put on the field it would suffer a little bit don't you think yes you know and so i don't know how it cannot uh get better without full-time officials if you spend every second of every day i mean we're 17 hours a week they don't have to be in the office 17 hours a week obviously that's what drove robert you know math has had a coaching was is the desk guarding stuff, which is true. You know, we've all guarded desk and <laughs> looked out the window and saw, hey, is the head coach gone yet? Can we leave yet? But yeah, I was never one of those guys that head coach. I said, hey, get your work done and get home. Get yeah. with your family. Hey, dude, I'm you know? going to get the fuck out of here, too, actually. Yeah. yeah you know, right. hey. Yeah, hey, look at but, you, uh, Chuck. What a co hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, humanitarian. What a guy. Look at you. <laughs> no, but but anyway, I mean, if if they spent, you know, eight hours a day watching film communicating studying you know the team that they're going to play studying their tendencies their offense their defense their special teams their personnel just what their what their style of offense is their defense they would understand uh the game and and probably bridge that gap between the coaching and officiating from a communication standpoint an intent standpoint what are they trying to get done here where should my eyes be? What can I anticipate? Just because I've watched a whole week's uh, worth of film, like a player, like a coach, we can sit out there and 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 we can call out, you know, every single. By the way, you know, an offense ends up the final formation, especially in third down, third and two to six, seven. Oh, to 10, them knowing what's coming potentially is a whole. Just game. to anti anticipate 
the like say the pick plays and the rub routes. You know, you're going to get crossing routes and mesh routes on third and short. In the red area, you're going to get mesh routes and pick routes and rub routes. You know, you're not going to get the vertical game in the red area. You know, it becomes more horizontal. Once you hit the 17-yard line, Pat, the field becomes twice as, as, as wide as it is long. Uh-huh. You know, so I think I'm not a, I'm not a mathematician, but, uh, but that's, that makes sense to me. I, I learned that a long time ago. So if, uh, if they spent, you know, more time, you mentioned it, the clinics, you know, they get together, you know, once or twice a year. And, and, and I don't know ex- the exact schedule uh, per se, but can you imagine if they, they, they were full time and, and they spent more time on the field working together, going through me- uh, mechanics, not only watching the tape, but then going through exercises just like we go through walkthroughs. Oh. How can we not? How can we not be better? And there's billions and billions of dollars, not only at stake, but available. Why not? I don't know. Hopefully that'll be the next step in this entire thing. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Chuck. Also in that football morning in America, uh, it was basically said that Jim Mersey told Chris Ballard, hey, go and get Jonathan Taylor if you love him. When you were there, did that ever happen where you guys kind of liked a player but weren't sure if he would fall to you? Like, should you have traded up? And Jim Mersey kind of pushed you a little bit to make it happen? No, I mean, Jim, like I talked uh, a million times about Mr. Ursay, I mean, he knows talent. He's been around the game. He grew up, you know, with that team as a, as a young young person, just like I grew up in a football family. So he knows talent. So he, he would – he never tried to jam anybody down our throats. That was the great thing about Jim. He would give, lend his, his two cents and his opinion uh, on a football player – uh, respected the hell out of that opinion because I know he put the time in. I know he, he, he spent time watching those guys and reading the reports. And um, obviously they got a, a great one, uh, in, you know, in, in JT. What a phenomenal, phenomenal Hey, what a uh, human. Player. What a human. And what, a better, what a better human being. Talk about humility at its finest. And that's him. He ain't faking that. You know, that's that's real. That's, that's Jonathan. He's a smart dude and, um, you know, you, 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 they can pack a run game. Obviously, they go up to Buffalo and do what they did, you know, riding him all the way to that victory. That's something special. He's a special player. Yeah. How rare is it? I, I saw the clip. I don't know if you saw it, Chuck, when the running backs coach was talking to Chris Ballard oh, yeah. and listening to the Colts running back coach speak about Jonathan Taylor was awesome. Like, I'm glad Jonathan Taylor got a chance to see that because, like, he just talked about how humble he was, but he's super confident at the same time. He seemed like the perfect teammate. Is like I don't feel like that happens a whole lot. Where all of a sudden the GM's talking to a, a position coach in the middle of the season just about how great a guy is. Yeah, and I've caught one episode, one little segment of of Hard Knocks, and by coincidence, it was that one. Okay. You know, with 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 uh, with Chris uh, sitting in that was the uh, I think that was the war room where Chris you know sits and breaks down film, and Chris would have you know we talked not once a day, but sometimes five times a day. Pat, you know how our offices were set up. Um, and he would walk the halls. He's the type of guy that, I mean, he's like hands-on, It's but it's good. He just wants, hey, how's this player doing? You know, now look, we got to feed this guy yeah. the ball. You know, how he, now, yeah. now look. You know, he's a, but he would talk to all the, all the coaches, uh, all the players. I mean, he was present and he was visible and, to see it's Scotty Montgomery, right? That's the running back coach. Mm, I think. Uh, do I have that? Right? Do I have that right? Uh, of course. Yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yes, of course. Boy, don't ask. 
Don't ask the Stooges a question. No! Oh, <laughs> of course it's Coach Montgomery. Of course. You're damn right it is. Yeah. But that was, uh, AJ, that was a uh, that was a great conversation. And and, and I, I would find it hard. I would see probably see Jonathan finding it hard to listen to his coach, you know, rant and rave about uh, him to the general manager. Certainly you wouldn't want him to come in the locker room or team room and, and, and put a guy on blast like that. Even in a good way, you're always bashful of somebody, you know, singing your praises like that. But, yeah, it was really, really cool to see uh, see those two, you know, talk about JT. And, and I mean, just you've had him on your show a couple of times exactly. watching him play. You can you know it's all true. And he also owns Topper's Pizza over there in Wisconsin. Yeah. Go ahead and get your double cheese and pep today. Oh, yeah. Thanksgiving. I like that he's a businessman. I enjoy that a lot. Did you see there was another clip in there, and I, I'm kind of bummed you didn't see it, or you might have seen it. They were giving out game balls. And they were reading off everything that Jonathan Taylor did, and there wasn't a single sound in the room. Did you see that? Because not a single, ooh, not even a, not even uh he was reading off like 155 yards. Damn. Two touchdowns, three receptions, blah, 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 for game ball. And nobody said a single word. I'm like, is this the new generation you think that they're just kind of quiet? Or is it the locker room? Is that how it normally goes? I, I don't know. I remember at least a little faux enthusiasm for people during those those game ball presentations, you know? No, ours were ours were off the charts. Live. We wanted them to be off the, off the charts and not, you know, just sitting there all stoic and uh, stone-faced. I mean – Give me two claps and a Ric Flair. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know what that is, but uh, no, I, I'd rather see you know guys hooting and hollering for a guy. And you want to hear what the you know? I try to list that stuff off and give me a give me something to read from. And you know, Christ, I I'd screwed up Vinny. You know, and he broke the record for all time points leader. Pat's over there. I'm I'm reading. I'm going to. Hey, he's blah blah blah. And, and Abe, Avis is Avis is in the background no, no, going, no, no, no. No, and then no. Pat's in the background going, "Oh, me and you, me and you. <laughs> what are you doing?" Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. He'll get that someday, Chuck. <laughs> oh man, those those meetings are just so those were so alive. And I think COVID, everybody separated so far away from each other. I don't know if that kind of took away from it or whatever. Maybe I, I don't know. That new facility over there looks awesome. They did a bang-up job. That's usually what happens. They run one guy out of town, you know, and the next guy comes in. And we said, hey, do you ever go to the owner and ask for this, this, and this? Well, Chris Ballard, he was he was on it. He knew that, you know, we need an indoor facility where we go to training camp. We can't go to training camp and not have an indoor facility because of weather, obviously. You know, you remember our days in Anderson. Oh, yeah. And we got to have, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and, and boom. There it is, and it's it's state of the it's state of the art. You remember we came down? Uh, was it nineteen? Was the last time? Yeah, because twenty twenty we didn't have the Chuck Strong. So in nineteen, we we came down when I was at the Bears, oh, yeah. and uh, a couple vans full of guys came down with me from the Bears brass. Yeah. Grateful to Coach Nagy and and uh, and George uh, and McCaskey came down, and and some of the assistant oh, yeah. coaches came down, and and we had the Chuck Strong in that new facility. It's beautiful. I I walked in there. I was like, what is this? This is a brand new. And they're like, oh, wait till you see this. And it's like the training room and the gym are just like this brand new. I'm like, holy. I just left a year ago. When (laughs) it came up pretty quick, I think. And, uh, you know, it's because Jim Irsay is like, yeah, whatever. Let's go and do it. I wish somebody would ask a long time ago, though. Well, it makes such a difference, you know, nowadays because free agency is like recruiting. You know, unless you're just going to pay somebody an exorbitant amount of money, you know, way more than anybody else, 
it's going to come down to some other things. And, you know, this offense, how you're going to use the kid, you know, facilities matter, the town matters, the city matters. You know, do they have, you know, steak and shake? Do they have St. Elmo's? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So there's a lot, a lot to be appealing. But facilities play a big part in that now, just like college. Yeah, as they should in the billion-dollar industry, you should have an indoor practice facility. That is something you should yeah. have, I think. Uh, Chuck, we're going to – yeah, this, the Bengals don't have one. Yeah. Hey, we've talked before, you know, they're saving their they're saving their cheese over there. <laughs> uh, Chuck, uh, before we get out of here, before Thanksgiving, you know, we've been, you know – I mean, call it up here. Mm-hmm. I think this would be a great one for you to potentially uh, break down as we send into this beautiful Thanksgiving holiday and wrap up this beautiful Coach Yourself Chuck Wednesday, November 24th. Coach, uh, on you, Coach, on you. Hey, appreciate you guys. I'm grateful and thankful for you guys. Appreciate our time together every single week. Enjoy your families. Enjoy your time. Take a second to just sit back and reflect and, and you know, Give, give thanks to just yeah, how good we got it. And uh, you're a great family. So let's go family on three, family on me. One, two, three, family. family. Thank, family. You, Thank, Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. I hope you all have the most amazing Thanksgiving in the history of Thanksgivings. I hope all your bets hit. I hope the games are incredible. I hope the food tastes just right. Oh, my God. I hope the nap fucking hits. And I hope you enjoy the hell out of your life. I am incredibly grateful for all of you, all the boys, all of our guests, and most importantly, my incredible family that I'm lucky to have. My wife's been kicking ass, and I can't wait to spend the whole day with her. I hope you all get a chance to enjoy yourselves as well. Be a friend, tell a friend. We're back on Friday for a feel great Friday. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Thanksgiving. Cheers.